Deke Shock. Deke Shock. We may have a, a little bit of noise in a couple seconds, depending on yeah. when that happens. Why, do you have gas? The cat. Oh, he's pointing at the cat. Okay. He likes to crawl in his box. Yes, which is full of tissue paper. Rustle That's, around. You know, if that happens, feel free to mic it up. There we go. There it is. There it is. All right. He'll, he'll settle in there. <laughs> oh, look at that. He yeah. just dived He's right nesting. In. He's fucking happy. That's cat life. Yes. No better paper. toy than a box. You don't need anything else, well, cat I owners. Know, dude, I've got so many boxes around the house for Oh, kids. he got so many. So when we, in Houston, we had a bigger box for him. And we would just, when we would get things in the mail, we'd end up putting some of that shipping paper. So mm. he would always get new paper in there. There you go. And then when we had that. to move and pack up everything and make it look, you know, the house look nice, he got so mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he needs more paper. You know what I did? I did, you know, the whole put a tape down in a square on the floor. You tried that? I tried that. How'd it go? No. No. <laughs> no. Kit did not bite. No? No. He did not sit in that square. How about a cucumber? Have you ever tried that? Oh. oh. Is that a thing? Well, is that really? It's a that thing. A, that it's is a thing. A thing. The, the, it's really funny because Kit used to be so chill. Andy was like, you know, we ought to do that. I, I've been thinking about like get a zucchini or something. So we, but you know, he's not gonna. And that's, I'm like, no. That's, that's not why Andy wanted the zucchini, but go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> But, but um, actually, Andy was just thinking what to do with the zucchini after he yeah, was finished with whatever yikes. he had planned. <laughs> so, but now Kid has actually gotten skittish. I don't know why, but he's far more skittish. Uh, so now Kid's now a house cat. What? How? Why? That is like I don't know. Is that cat logic? It's like, well, if you let me out, I'm going to be chill and nothing's going to razz me. But if you keep me in the house, I'm going to become a chittering, flinch at everything wreck. Oh, that's our cat. You know? Yeah. Now, keep in mind, there are occasions in the middle of the night in the darkness of the house. I'll reach out to like pet him, and I'm bonk, and I hit him on the head because I misjudged the distance or poke him in the eye. Just don't if that's pet your, your cat in the dark. <laughs> Petting. Don't pet your. Is cat. Is that a euphemism for something? I don't know. No, but it sounds like one. It <laughs> sounds. It also sounds like a, a potential episode. Don't name. pet your cat in the dark. Yeah. Well. I don't know if we use the word cat. Stop. You, you, stop. 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 <laughs> stop. Just stop. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 625. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Vlora. And, uh, and I don't like that pregnant pause. <laughs> you give me the stink eye. Both of them. <laughs> We're to talk weak and geek. Searing orbs of hatred from across the table. I wish I could hate you to death, and I start bleeding from the nose. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. Like scanners. Yeah. The Geek Shock Book Club is reading Horror Store by Grady Hendrix. Discussions have opened up on the Facebook page, but join us when you're ready, and only when you're ready, book lovers. Uh, so before we get into what geeky things we did this week, uh, let's let's cover some Kofi stuff real quick. Let's cover some Kofi stuff real quick. Hey, we made a change to our Kofi uh, system, and it's really, really exciting. Tier 2 members are not the only ones who are going to get stickers. Now everyone's getting Sticker of the Month Club. And not just of the month. We just, we're, we're going to make a new... What in the hell am I hearing? <laughs> and, and, and he put his mic right to it. Too. <laughs> what the... Jeff, is that your ringtone? Yes, it is. 
What is that sound? What is that song? Jurassic Park almost sounds like. It's it's a very very important call because he 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 grabbed it to the other room and he's just he's like yeah fuck you guys because normally I hear uh, Back to the Future. Well, that's because that's his notification ringer. That's his text messages and notifications. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that something I can even keep in the show because of the song? Because I went. Mm. No, 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 his his ringtone. No, that's an actual song. Yeah, I I watched. Uh, sometimes on Facebook videos will take you into like this video chain mm-hmm. where you have a whole bunch of videos and I was watching this one which looked like a cool TV show by the way the Mr. In-Between but it was really funny because everybody was talking like this and I was just like why is everybody talking like this and somebody in the comments was like what's with all the strange voices and somebody said that's uh, an infringement a way to avoid infringement it's a way ah. to beat the the algorithm. Yeah. They'll change the voices so they sound like this, and then this way, you know, the algorithm then pick it up and. Uh, yeah, but it gets, it's getting smarter. I wouldn't worry about that. That was a ringtone, whatever. I thought you were just talking about Jeff. Worry about that in general. <laughs> oh no, don't worry oh. about that. Whatever. Don't worry about that. That's Jeff. Anyway, no. Uh, just for people who are listening who are not member of uh, members of our Kofi, you really ought to because there's some great stuff. Now, like I said, tier one members not only do they also get all the exclusive content. Uh, not only do they get spoiler talk and behind-the-scenes stuff and Discord access and Minecraft server access. Drink. I spoke about Minecraft. Um, <laughs> now you're getting sticker, sticker of the Month Club. Now we're going to be releasing these stickers once every two or three months or so because it's much more fun to get an envelope full of stickers than it is to get an envelope with just like one sticker. Plus, it's easier on us for sending stuff overseas because we got a lot of overseas fans. The most exciting thing is Tier 2, not only do they get the cameo-style custom message, one per year, they're also getting the monthly mystery drawing for something amazing, which we're going to be doing right after this. When you say after this, after the show? No, I mean like right after I'm done, oh, oh, okay. done talking about the tiers. Um, the uh, Just to remind everyone, Brisket Taco Tier, which is just $20 a month, gets a monthly drawing for a painted mini from Torgo, and the next one looks Interesting. Yeah, we're doing something a little different on the next one. Now, of course, uh, Elizabeth W. won the last one. That's already been shipped out. Hooray. So expect that, Elizabeth, Boop-boop. sometime next week. And I have revealed both to the Kofi members and to the uh, Shock Monkeys Lair what the next one is. And yes, we're painting something from Star Trek Attack Wing. Uh, we're basically painting the Defiant. So we're doing yeah. a spaceship instead of a figure mini this next round. Super cool. Tier 3 members also get a custom Shock Monkey Velcro patch, which we're going to be working on uh, this week. Tier 4 members, uh, $50 a month, also get to sponsor a show at least once a month. And they get the monthly board game arena session, which was a fantastic hit the last time we did it. And we can't wait to do it again. And custom artwork, just as soon as Andy's available on that one. So that one's just going to hold off, but believe me, it'll be worth it. And then, of course, there's Tier 5, which... Should I even talk about it? Because it's, it's closed. It's closed, yeah. Uh, there was only six places. <laughs> and they're getting live D&D sessions and something mysterious, some bespoke reward just for each person. And we promise it's not horse cum. <laughs> uh, Did we really make that promise? No. No. But I'm promising it's not. Mm-hmm. I just made that promise. Okay, fine. It uh, opens up a lot of things. It won't be cat cum either. You're disappointing, Kirsten. <laughs> Did you watch Jackass recently? Is this why it's stuck in your I brain? watched Jackass recently. Oh, <laughs> hold, on, hold on a second. We're going to put a pause on this Kofi thing for a second. 
all the stuff you have on deck to watch, and to you read, wasted to your play, brain. And you wasted on jackass. I don't know if I'd call it a waste. I wouldn't call I, it a waste. I, yeah. I'd call it a waste. I would because my ex-husband loved it. No. <laughs> I would absolutely call it a waste. <laughs> I'd call it a waste just because. It entertains me in horrible ways. Yes. Fine. So anyway, there were six places for the Bookfast and Haggis Tier 5 members, but you missed out for now. So uh, <laughs> there's that. Anyway, let's get to the good stuff, shall we? Let's roll some dice. All right. So this is the first monthly giveaway. This is like a bonus thing to the tier two members and up, of course, that they didn't know they were going to get. They didn't know they were going to get. Right. I announced it like last week, just on Discord. So it's like a bonus thing. So once a month, we're going to be doing an amazing mystery prize. Right. Something related to the things that we have talked about in the last uh, month's episode. And this time, since it's our inaugural one. Yes. We're going to draw two names. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. We're going to draw two well, names. Two, two people. Two. 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 Now, do, are we going to announce what the prize is, or are, you just, are they just going to get it mystery-wise? Mystery. I don't know. I, oh, I, think, I think it should be mystery. I think we should announce it. <laughs> I, did no. say, I did say it was going to be edible. Yes, you okay. did. But I think we should wait for them to tell everybody what they got. Oh, my God. What? That's brilliant. Yes. I love that. Okay. The, the, the Geek Shock Mystery Prize. So-and-so, you're getting something. something. You're getting something fun. <laughs> I mean, Stay tuned. It says right there, Mystery Prize. Yeah. Why do we need to tell them what the Mystery Prize well, is? It was a mystery until now, but you yeah. know what? That's fine. We'll hold it, and we'll talk about it next and, week. And you too, Shock Monkeys, can feel the thrill that I get every time I receive a, an unknown package from Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a fa- side note. I'm not a fan of those those uh, packages in the mail, those subscription services where you get something random, oh, like Loot Crate and stuff like that. Yeah, I've I've never been a fan of those because sometimes they'll give you something amazing, sometimes they'll give you something crap. Which there is what o- only one I've ever been a fan of, really ever. And that was uh, I think it was it was called like Book Crate or but something like that. All right. It was because it wasn't so much the random stuff that you got, but you were promised. A book in a genre of your choice. So if you chose uh, science fiction, horror, fantasy, thriller, whatever your whatever your goal is, yeah. you would get a autographed book by in that genre, a new book that's coming out, and usually by a well-known author or a book that has some buzz to it. That doesn't sound bad. And they would fill the book with the author would put in sticky notes of annotations throughout the book. Okay, that's cool. And so that alone, and then they would send you a whole bunch of stuff like book socks and bookmarks and other book tchotchkes. What's a book sock? Uh, it's socks with the word book all over it. Thanks. Thank you, you asked. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow. a paint. It's, like, is... it's a it's a placeholder, right? Book uh, no, sock. no, a sock. <laughs> a book sock. No, it's like a, for your foot. <laughs> <laughs> so a pair of socks. Themed around a book. I'm sad I asked. It, 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 it is, but I have communication issues. <laughs> I mean, I got what you were saying, but well, the, you lived with me. For the, the sheer amount of confusion with the rest of the group, I just felt like it uh, needed you know some clarification. You know how to decode Todd. Yeah, yes. you, know. you speak fluent Torgo. Just, just like, just like Kirsten speaks fluent Andy. Yeah. Yes. There, there have been times where Andy has mumbled something when I've been over there, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And then Kirsten goes, oh, he said this. 
And I'm like, that was really quick how you translated that. Yeah, well, you know. It was like 98, 98 when I met that crusty old bastard. 20, 24 <laughs> years ago. Wow. <clears throat> wow. One of my oldest, one of my oldest uh, surviving friendships. It's really fun. Well, I don't know why we're suddenly... I'm suddenly going in this direction. Oh, are, you, are, you, are you waxing nostalgic right now? Well, no. What is this? I, people talking about, oh, yeah, as you get older, your friends die. And, they're just, and well, it's like... They do. Eventually. Well, but I'm in my mid-50s. And yeah, people die. But at the same time, my friendship circles are probably some of the most robust I've had in my life. Well, we do yeah. eat a lot of fatty food. Yeah. I had bacon this morning. <sighs> I did read that in one of these psychology papers that they said that you're as you get older, you tend to shed some of your more casual friendships, and mm-hmm. your your core <clears throat> friendships are the ones that oh, stick okay. around. That's the ones absolutely that typically true. Are longer. I can, I can see that because it's well. There was one friend I was talking about. Uh, she's in her forties, and she was going through some stuff. I said, "Well, what about going back home? What about leaving Vegas for a while? Because Vegas is one of her problems." And she's like, oh, I can't do that. I'm, I'm too old now, and all my friends are here. I'm not going to be making any new friends. And I was like, what in the hell? That's, that's just, that you just don't want to try. That's, that's what odd. it comes down to. That's just yeah. odd. I don't want to think of that. I don't want to like, oh, this is it. I got to look around this table, and that's it. <laughs> that is depressing. <laughs> you know? It's like, man. But then again, the, the ones that last, too, because it's like, uh, Andy, we've spoken about Miss April A. Bear on the show a star trek uh experience mascot uh sort of and i actually was working shows with her before star trek so i think i can flat out say she is my oldest friend here in vegas so it it's like i've, I've held on to some but and then well geek shock here i guess you're, you're gonna be friends if you meet every week yeah Kind of. You know, no Depends. Dep- there's levels around this table, really. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Maple Leaf is my oldest here. Because we go. went to college together. Yeah, college. That's right. Yeah. So I've known her way longer than anybody else at this table. Yeah. I kind of like the cat. <laughs> he's a good cat. You yeah. kind of like the cat? Kind of. He's happy you in his box. You can't. Better than all you people. You can't stop talking about how much you hate the cat. Which means he loves the cat. You just now said you like it. Which means he loves the cat. Exactly. Oh, whoa, whoa. He says he hates... Wow. Just looking at the fan and saying, wow. So every time that Barry expresses an extreme amount of hate for something, he's actually into that thing. He actually likes that thing. Absolutely. (laughs) Barry, stop. My world just got turned upside down. you, You are... Feeding the slash fiction people. <laughs> oh dear! It's a fact, though. Well, Barry loves me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's some slash fiction. <laughs> yep. Now, like on my days off when he's on the internet and doing shit, he's like, "I hate this! I hate this! I hate this! I hate this!" It secretly translates out to, "I secretly like this, but I can't let anyone know." Does that mean he hates booze? Yes. Wow. You're See, a complicated man, Barry. He's very complicated. While and, I am complicated, your theory is just completely wrong. Well, and I, you know what? It, it makes sense because every time Deb puts him in a place, he just goes, I hate you. So he's secretly, oh, he's saying, I love you. It's See, so sweet. I, I was going, Don't you like that, Deb? I was no, actually you know, going to. Secretly saying, I love you. I was going to say time. the opposite. The only reason he doesn't do that with Deb is he'd be dead. <laughs> so that's the well, one survival that's, mechanism there. That's That part is true. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, how about we draw some names? Oh, yeah. yes. Well, we were going to do that five that. minutes ago. I, I think roll so. Roll that die. We're going to roll that die. Now, this, I'm rolling a die kind of online, so I need someone to make some die rolling noises. Steve? Drum roll. Biggs? Oh. Andy, please. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it was me not getting my tongue to roll. And so. that now was that. Jeff's bad impression <laughs> of the week. There we go. Come on. Click, 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 click. I think that was the Dune sound. All right, we have or a number, Wookie. and oh no, oh no, uh oh, oh no, uh oh, oh no, uh oh, oh oh. The first winner, yes, is Stephen Biggs. What? Uh, what? Fix? Uh, yeah, it's a fix. Totally on a fix. What the hell is that about? Oh, man. No, 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 that can't happen. Yeah, that can't happen. We're gonna we're gonna reroll that. We gotta now, have a now, Brady to rule. Be fair, Stephen Biggs, Professor Biggs, did actually. He is a Kofi member. He's a Kofi member. Mm-hmm. So brisket taco tier, if I remember right. Uh, yes, I just I, I feel weird about giving it to Biggs for well, the first well, person. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. Yes. When, B- since when have you felt weird about giving it to Biggs? <laughs> <laughs> You're a funny man, Mister Good. I mean, you want to get that sweet little. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, we'll give Steve a present. But it won't be this. But yeah. it won't be this. Steve, you're getting a present. You're getting horse cum. <laughs> <laughs> and no winners of the of the of the two prizes we're about to draw that Steve took one for the team. For you. <laughs> roll yeah. again, Barry. Alright, I need All some right. sound. Deb, uh, give me a die roll sound. You, you failed your first die? roll, so how re-roll. am I supposed to give you a die roll? Some kind sound. of some Reach deep into hold yourself. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't you Steve shake What is that sound? Kirsten, are you, are you Steve Biggsing this right now? Yes, I am. Oh, my God, he really is. He's digging deep on the phone to the internet to find a good sound. My phone's not opening. It's not opening. 70s game show sound. I'll take it. All right, there it is. And the winner is... I can't believe this. Did he roll it again? Is it Michael? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Come on, we can't be giving it to people on the show. <laughs> we have exactly two former members who are also Kofi members. They were also Kofi members. I got everyone on the list here, and then it came up with Steve, and it came up with Mike. All he's, right. He's he's not wrong. He's got the whole spreadsheet. He's got the numbers assigned to who's what on the die. It's it's. All right. You know what? That's fine. I have something to send to Mike anyway. Yes. Okay. So. Mike, you're getting a prize. Not oh, just the horse cum. Yes, yes, the other part of it. That's the, the cat cum. We have to do one to yes. each. We can't yes. give them the same thing. All right, all right. Roll I again. Need, I need a sound. Are you, are you prepared this time, uh, Kirsten? No, it it it. No, might, I like Jeff's. Might. Yeah, Jeff's got it. Okay. All right. We got another name, and it's Evan Malik. Evan Malik will be the first receiver of. Prize one of two. Yes. Uh-oh. Prize one of two goes to Evan Malik. And it's a mystery. And you can eat it. All right. <laughs> that wasn't like an insult. You can eat the prize. I was like, you can I eat it. I, uh, okay. <laughs> well. Barry, Barry doesn't know how to sound magnanimous. That's the problem. <laughs> it always sounds like he has a nefarious intent. With Here's your prize, you piece of garbage. <laughs> Frankly, it's up to you what you do with the horse cum. Really. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Second roll. Second roll. Second, roll. Second and final roll. Look at that. 
one Mr. Timothy Knoll wins the second prize. Evan, Timothy, co- congratulations. Watch your mailboxes in case they explode. <laughs> with flavor. Which they will not. That is not from us. <laughs> with flavor. <laughs> explode with flavor. I can't believe the first two were Biggs and Mike. That, that's so weird. So weird. I don't like it. The professor and the That's dust. what happens when you roll digital dice, Barry. Yes. Why can't you? You, you yeah. own yeah. dice. Deb will tell you. Yeah, that's exactly what happens when you roll electronic dice that's operated by a computer. All right, next month we're rolling physical dice. And then you don't have to have somebody make a dice sound. The only problem is, no, I like the dice sound that he made. No, I love the music. We'll still yes. do the music. Yeah, don't get do me wrong. Music. But we can also have the clack, 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 clack yes. of real yes. dice there, too. Yeah, I'm gonna have to roll them a few times. But oh, it's and fine. Barry, it's fine. you roll a percenta, and then you, I don't know, and then you do math. Out. No, what a thirty? There's thirty ciders. Yeah, I don't want those. <laughs> those are not allowed at my D and D table. That's a hundred. This isn't a D and D table. That's a hundred cider that you don't like because it's a ball. You don't the D, like the anything, D100s which are means he loves a it. Nightmare. They just don't stop rolling. No, yeah, they just they just keep going. I got thirty ciders. We'll figure it out. We'll figure going. it out. We'll figure it out without a 30 cider. But it's 30. Yes, but it's not a good we'll just We'll just do it, Carson. What do you fine. mean you're talking? Not, I, what, what, I don't what understand. We'll what, just get them, what? and we'll just put them in front of him, and he'll roll it. And right. if this excites you, and you're not a Kofi member, you can go to <laughs> Kofi. That's K-O-F-I slash geekshock.com slash geekshock, and you can find us there. And yes. I guarantee that the prizes are good, the types of things that I would like to get. Because I did mention before that I didn't like surprise stuff in the mail. No, I like the stuff we're given. Yeah, yeah, we promise it'll be good stuff. I won't be choosing it, so you know what's going to be. I, I don't make that promise for Biggs and and uh, no, just no, I get to choose that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It might not be horse, but it is coming <laughs> to your mailbox. Oh God! Here, here, here! Are you hard, So hey, we got to laugh out a. Deb with a cum joke. <laughs> Doesn't mean it was good, but we did. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, either that or we're just, we're ruining her. But she, finally. Oh, geez. Uh, she's earned it. What geeky things you do this week, Deb? <laughs> um, did a few things, actually. Got to catch, well, not catch up, but got to start watching a couple of shows that I've been on my list that haven't had time to get to. The first one is The Gilded Age, which is on HBO Max. Obviously, you know, it's a it's a uh, historical drama. I love those. But this one is interesting. It's it's if you like Downton Abbey, you'll oh. like the show. It is like Downton Abbey in the US, but 100 years prior. Okay. That's pretty much exactly what it is. So it, it has the same kind of feel. You're following a wealthy family who has servants and part of the show is following the family and part of the show is following the servants. So it feels just like Downton Abbey. It's just not British. It's American. Yeah, it, um, it just the adverts strike me as uh, <clears throat> that Scorsese movie, Vanity Fair, I yes. believe it was called, mm-hmm. with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. et al. So it's very much like that, which yeah. I'm kind of, I, I, I got my interest because that's old school New York City snobbery. Oh, yeah, it is. Absolutely. It takes place, I think the first season is, it's 1822. Oh, okay. And so you still have... Um, People building these giant houses right off of um, Central Park. And so all of those buildings aren't built yet. And you're kind of getting to see like the the old. It's it's the meeting of the old families that settled New York like at the time of the Mayflower. And they're meeting the new money, right? So you've got all these people coming in. You've got railroad people and um, 
Wall Street people and businessmen who are starting to make a bunch of money and they're the new money. And so you've got the the heads of the the families kind of the old New York and the new New York and how that's going to work. That's the story. And what's her name plays the old money matriarch who's... Oh, yes. She, the, she's a very established actress. Um, yeah. She's been in quite a few things. Baranski? Am I... No, but no. I was telling Am Barry I that I feel like in every show she's ever in, she, she kind of has she, the same... Oh, she's got... She, yeah. Yes. That very quiet, reserved, you, claws are out. You will like this show because it is is not in sepia tones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Christine Baranski. There you go. Yeah. And, you, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. But it, well put. I, I, I don't want to get off on a rant. So far, I'm very much enjoying it. Um, if you like Downton Abbey, you will enjoy the show. How many episodes are in the Gilded Age? Um, so it's on HBO. I think, I'm not quite sure if all of them are posted yet. Um, they might have started airing the season. I just started watching after it partially aired. But there's quite a few episodes already on HBO Max right now. And how many have you watched? Two. Okay. Yes. The first one is an hour and a half. So the first one is kind of it's long. A movie. Yes. And after that, they're about 50 to you know, just over an hour. Okay. So. Well, not well, an 80s, 90s movie. Not modern movies. Correct. Otherwise, yeah, it's modern two movies. Hour yes. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Almost three. Get that ninety minutes so you can get more movies in the theater uh, per day and rack up your box right. office. Blah blah blah. And then uh, it was a really nice surprise as I logged on. Jesus to... Christ, Jeff! Did you hear that knock, everyone? <laughs> Jeff flicked his hand and banged his knuckles against a hardwood table at it, maximum velocity. And actually had an emotional expression Just on his face. <laughs> caught the edge there. <laughs> Ouch. You okay? Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I, I admire your, your fortitude and your clumsiness at the same time. <laughs> what else do you do, Deb? <laughs> <laughs> well, nice surprise is I log on to HBO Max to watch The Gilded Age. Mm-hmm. I see that Beforeners season two has posted. I've talked about Beforeners before. I'll yes. Refresh this. So Beforeners is a Norwegian show. So it definitely is subtitled. So we watch it with subtitles. I don't like the dubbed so, English show. So no then. So no. It's a good show. <laughs> oh, no, okay. So Norway. Okay. And part, Norway. part of it is in English. Well, this season is. Yeah. The, the couple of, so we've watched one episode actually so far. Yeah. And part of it was in English and it was weird because they're talking in English, but it's still listing the subtitles and saying what they're saying in English. And we're like, but we understand we it. Understand. But the You premise, asked for the subtitles, damn it. <laughs> well, because it's much, I cannot stand watching foreign shows with it dubbed over because it does, the, doesn't match what they're saying. And the person's voice who's speaking does not look like the person who's talking. And it drives me crazy. The whole time, all I'm thinking about is this is dumb. And you this can so tell dumb. the intent is slightly different. That's the yes. part. That's the part that I have yes. a problem with. Yeah. Maybe so, it's just subtitles. All, maybe it's just all the years of watching old cartoons that whether it's in English or any other language, the, the words don't match how the characters' mouths move, that it doesn't bother. Dubbing doesn't bother me at well, all. Well, that's a cartoon. Like, well, you're Jeff. I was I I, well, I didn't say anything, but I was I was going to say something. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like it's different. I don't have the problem with cartoons either, but it's a cartoon. I can't Live stand action it. people. Cartoons. I just can't. Anime. I can't, I can't do the subtitles. Uh, subs. No dubs. Can't do the subtitles because then my entire focus is on reading that, I and think, I miss out too much on the action. I think the cartoon theory is bunk, Jeff. I think that's the whole core of it. You just hate reading. I don't hate reading. I hate having that be the primary focus of my 
movie-going mm-hmm. experience is that I'm sitting there reading, especially if it's a, it's a dialogue-intensive show. Instead of watching. I can't, because there's so much dialogue, you have so much dialogue to read, and it's oftentimes going by very quickly. You see, I don't have a problem with Beforeners. I think it's I think it's pretty good with the dialogue and being able to read it. And it's one of my favorite everything. bands from the 70s. Yeah. Shut up. That's Foreigner. Hey. Hot-blooded. And, co- and cold as ice. Go, yeah. it's, they crumble the whole star yeah. writer, right? And Tramontone. Norway disagrees with you. <laughs> do anyway. they though? So do to, they? to refresh everyone's memory, kind of the, the the basic plot of the show is the very first episode starts in Norway, current day, current time period, and all of a sudden people start. Like you see flashes of light in the the big lake. I don't know if there are, it's the ocean or if it's just a big lake that's off the city that they the show takes place in. But these lights just start appearing and people just start appearing, and they are coming from uh. three separate time periods. So you have the Stone Age essentially. So you have okay. like prehistoric man, you have Viking era, mm-hmm. and you then, have then you have the Rapture, and you have the 1800s. Oh, okay. Yes. So what? The- <laughs> so the first whole season is. Is them trying to, you know, acclimate to being in present day. How is that going to work? You have all these, this influx of population into an existing city. And then you start, you know, throughout the season, there's some other things that get thrown into the story that complicate it a little bit and make it a little bit, you know, quite a bit more intriguing. And where is this going? And I was very excited that they were doing a season two because season one ended in a point where I was like, I need to know what's happening. I need to know what's going to happen next. It's really good. But I love time travel stories. So The Foreigners, season two on HBO Max. And I do believe season one is still available on that. But I would be interested to hear from King Vald and uh, if he's actually seen the show because I think it's aired like the full, you know, the whole second season, everything. Oh, you just want spoilers. Well, I don't want spoilers. I want oh, to okay. see what, you know, an actual Norwegian or like thinks of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. No spoilers now, King Vald. You're nailing it. You've Thank been working you very so, much. so hard on Don't. That. Don't be spoiling. Just be commenting. There it is. We're gonna get letters. Nailed it. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get uh, shit in Discord. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that. I need to. I don't work accents like Biggs does, but I need to. I watch that. You nail on that one. That one YouTube he put up because I think yeah. I've seen that in the past, and that is actually a pretty classic. You learn that you can fake your way through uh, any kind of audition. Huh. Anyway. Yeah. The foreign. It, so is is it the foreigners? The foreigners. The what? Before. Before. <gasps> See, clever. Did right? you just get the pun? How many times did it take? Um. Sometimes it's in the delivery. <laughs> no offense to Deb. Sometimes you're a ding dong, <laughs> and that's all the time. But I, I also have it written right here. I don't. Yeah, I don't make a habit of reading foreigners. your notes. Yep. I can't even read your handwriting. Yeah, really. That look at. Wow, that is some of the most illegible girly handwriting I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like girly, but it's also like yeah. Well, before when you do so much writing that as I do in my actual day job, you kind of start to just oh. See, I thought you don't want you, some people to read what you write sometimes in your There's day that job. Too. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. All right, Barry. Did what did you do? If you say Minecraft, I'll punch you. While I did <laughs> do some Minecraft, everybody drink. Um, I didn't make a lot of progress on that. I was busy doing other stuff and reading some things. Oh, reading things. Yes, I did something 
Thanks to Major Meh, uh, I did something that I swore I would not do. Oh, what? What? Uh, what I major... opened a door. You said the word fuck. I cannot <laughs> close. Oh, whoa! You you op- you opened the unclosable door. What? I... You are a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't would, have him. Would you like to see my special underwear? In the grim I, darkness of the far future, there is only war. Wait, 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 wait. You've you, you been reading Warhammer novels? I bought the Warhammer core book. Oh, you bought the game book? And I also bought the Codex Adeptus Sororitas. Oh, this is big news. Which has yet to come in the mail. Oh, my goodness. Joy. So you've, okay, so you've started reading it. You haven't finished it. It's a big book. Oh, no, I, I, I read it, all of it. And I'm reading it again to get some... He reads fast. I read very he fast. He oh, okay. Yeah. I read fast. And I want to get it again because there's all... Half of that book is lore, man. Yeah, it's 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 half fluff. Actually, it's probably about two-thirds fluff and one-third crunch. Yeah. And then the crunch is what I'm getting through. And I think I understand it. And I watched that video you posted. or I think you po- yeah. I don't know who posted it. And that really helps explain the game. But I need to get into it now. And I need to read the codex so that I'm not just flailing out there when I finally do. And I am planning on getting. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, say, say what you're going to say. Go I ahead. The I'm, Sororitas, um, the not the kill team, the the, the, the army, the, like like the army box. Yeah. Oh. Oh, because yeah. we went in. We went to War Room Games. Okay. And uh, Maple Leaf kind of gave Barry a very detailed tutorial. He's a great guy. Let's let's yeah. let's roll it back a second. I said, "Hey, we're going to go and I'm going to buy this thing." And his eyes lit up like a kid on Christmas. Oh boy. Uh, Maple I'm going to show you what you're going to get. Yeah. And he bought his new army while we were there. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. You know, let's I, let's be clear about how that happened cuz that was fun. <laughs> so, he he's hemming and hawing about it. He's like, "Oh, should I get it? Should I get it? Should I get it?" I'm like, "Dude, just, just get it." And he's like, "Well, <clears throat> I got to Gotta ask the wife, and uh, so he goes over there. And he's like, so "Should I can I get this?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, just go." He's like, "Are you sure? Are you are you?" Pu-? And he just wants to make absolutely sure that everyone heard that she said it was okay and it was cool for him to buy it. Listen, Warhammer ends marriages sometimes, so it's it's a smart move on his half. It was like a two hundred and ten dollar box of exactly. minis, so yeah, I get it. And oh, the the temptation to just grab that first two hundred dollar box is awful, but I resisted it. It's there. It's he ready wants for to you. read first, yes. I you want know, to read everything I can you first. Warhammer people. I've never seen so much excitement about preparation and spending money on something that you don't do. And the thing I hate the most <laughs> is that now when you say you warhammer people you You're in there. I'm, you are included. I'm talking about Baza. Gobble, gobble, one of us. Man, you guys are like me talking about sex and dating. <laughs> what? A lot of money and preparation and nothing <laughs> happens. I was going to say, for something that you don't actually do. There you go. <laughs> okay, so... You are like me having sex, Barry. That's a weird, but there you go. accurate You just example. think about that now. No, yeah, you, th- you think about it. Yeah, yeah. No, I put up walls so you think about it. That for refuses me. to go into my brain. I'm wearing headphones there's right your, now. There's your stopping slash it from getting in fiction. there. <laughs> I mean, looking looking at the basilisk through a mirror instead of looking directly at it. Well, yeah, let, that's let, what you're. There you go. Let yeah. me ask you this, Barry. Do you own board games that you don't want anymore? 
We but got rid of most we of We got that. rid of most of okay. those. We did do a purge when we moved okay. out. I say, if you have some left, left over, like, you know what? I, I don't want those either. They're, board game is supposed to have an auction again pretty oh, soon. Oh, no, I'm aware of that. And I already inquired about that. And yeah, I will go to the auction to see if there's stuff there. But, and maybe. But not only money. that. Put in your game stuff that you don't want, and then you get store credit that can go to get buying your I don't, your army. I don't have anything that I don't. I, I we purged already. Okay, so the, the well, purge even is if we finished. do, it's packed in storage. That's oh, not okay. we're not getting to till we move into our house. Got it. Could I give him Kirsten? No. No one would want that. <laughs> yes. I don't know that there's enough money in Vegas. Oh, oh boy. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, and and oh. and that much store credit. Probably break War Room Green. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Working your Kirsten credit off. Now, you know what? I'm actually torn because I would be buying an army that's already painted. And I yeah. know I'm going to want to put my own spin on it. You just prime, oh, prime I, over it and paint. I know yeah, a I guy. I know a guy. There's yeah. a guy. There's a guy. Yeah, he's pricey, though. He's pretty pricey. And he's got <laughs> quite a backlog. Yeah, but it's true. <clears throat> Barry, he's like a... And he would rub in constantly that he painted. Yeah, Barry's no, figures. I can't. I can't. No, no, no. no okay. No. And who knows what else I'd do to those figures, but he wasn't looking. <laughs> don't. Don't. His DNA don't would be forever part of those light. figures. <laughs> nope. Blacklight Warhammer. I pooped here. You want to talk horse cum? <laughs> <laughs> I was very hoarse when... <laughs> I like the I pooped here idea. <laughs> right in the Pope hat. <laughs> I will say though the the army bears looking at they have a full painted set there at they are gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, there's some there's some commissioned armies in there that uh they take a small cut if you want to unload your army. They've got cases for it. And yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. So that's the thing that's been weighing heavily on my mind. The fact not the fact that I got into it cuz I know I would dig it. But uh, now I'm one of you. Yeah, it's a door yeah. you can't close. It's official. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's I, more upset about the fact that he can no longer berate people that play it because he's now one of them. This is true. This is also That's true. what he's more upset about. Right. I mean, I opened the door in 1994, and I tried to close it once. It didn't work. Mm. I, There's I too about many the... goddamn figures and, and, and books. There's no way you can close that door. No, no, no. It no, just no. keeps flooding through. I spoke <laughs> about this once before. Um, when I went to Dragon's Lair in Austin and I tried to learn the game once and I was just repulsed and I kind of went away and it was the people. So as long as I play it, much like Xbox games, as long as I play it with the right people, it's fine. Yeah, yeah that's, that that first game when Matt shows up wearing just spandex leggings, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to be like, wow, wow. Whatever it takes to win, baby. <laughs> so if I ever find myself at like a Warhammer Open... I'm wearing a banana suit. There you do it. Oh. I think that's a fine with, idea. With with a big old listen to Geek Shock emblazoned on the back. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna represent. And then he's gonna do the berry dance. Yes. Every time you win. Every turn. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. We rig up one of those contraptions like uh, some of the people that do cosplay of uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl when they pull the trigger and then the wings expand. We do that with our banner. So 
as Barry's playing the game in the banana costume, pushes a button, the banner expands. And, and the horse cum spurts out. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, the, is, it, it, what is this obsession with horse cum? Folks, Seriously. Folks, I'm not it's obsessed not me. by it. It's not <laughs> I'm just, me. I'm just making a suggestion. He's just focused on it. <laughs> okay. This is going to be someone's first episode. You know that? <laughs> And you turned them right away. We Welcome promise to, we talk about cool geeky things. Welcome, new Geek Shack listener. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what geeky things you do this week? Well, uh, that was actually an interesting segue because <laughs> I went and saw Jackass Forever <laughs> oh, really, in did the you? theater this week. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, uh, now, there were, okay, there I just was, want to stop right here that I didn't watch it in the theater this time. Mm-hmm. I See, right? Uh, one, kinship, Jeff. Yeah. Indeed. I love Jackass uh-huh. for all the wrong and right reasons. Sure, uh, but uh, but you went to the theaters. Yeah, um, there was a late night showing, and there were only three seats booked, and there was no one around me. So I'm it, it, with the the seat that I wanted to choose. So I went and uh, uh, watched it, and God damn it, I just I needed something like that. I needed a good laugh, and that is so full of laughs. I mean, these guys. They beat themselves up for yeah. our entertainment. Oh, yeah. they, they admit that they are not smart people and they should not be doing this, especially at their ages. They are a carnival um, sideshow. Yes. Uh, in fact, even there was even one where Steve-O is like, it's like, we're getting way too old to do stuff like they this. They are. And, Steve-O? Yeah. He's I mean, still alive? They're, they're in their 50s now. <laughs> and starting to show, it. Starting to show the repercussions of doing all these stunts. I remember so, the... the uh, 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 Kirk, uh, William Shatner roast, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, Steve-O smashed his face into Mike Tyson's fist. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he had to do it twice because the first time he didn't bleed. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. Well, it's like him snorting wasabi in one of his yeah. episodes, too. Steve-O did that as well. Because that's it, Again, idea. it's amazing that he lived to 50. Yeah. I've known people that have done that. <laughs> yeah, but that's not... But that's not all he does. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean... I just okay. That's it has okay. to be the, the the male teenage part of your brains that yes. enjoys this because I'm sorry, but anyone who purposefully takes so many laxatives that they can't help themselves but shit themselves goes running and down the road. It's part of the stupid jackass episode, and he goes running and he's shitting himself as he's running. And I that's just the thought whole of thing. a new Kofi tear. That's so dumb. <laughs> it is beyond dumb. I don't understand. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. Some of it is. Some it's, of it is just cringy. Some of it is definitely cringy. I'll give you that. That's the part I don't like is the cringy. He, yeah. He did it for you. He did it for your entertainment. No. Steve-O shit for your sins. Well, that wasn't Steve-O. It was one of the other guys on Jackass. It wasn't Steve-O. Oh, yeah. Um, you know that people have proposed that whole male idiocy thing is uh, a, a, an ev- evolutionary thing like peacocking it's it's like we no 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 uh rather it's how we discover things that are dangerous but we can handle them because the ones who survive (laughs) come back and say that wasn't as deadly as it looks (laughs) and humanity progresses ever so slightly oh i mean (laughs) There's there's some stunts that that go wrong in the movie oh, yeah. that they even straight up say it's like I I can't believe you survived that I mean how did you fall on this hard piece of metal that was nothing that we had even considered like like because one of the uh, one of the stunts Jack, uh, Johnny Knoxville points out and he's like I thought we were gonna put padding over these steel tanks. <laughs> 
And 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 where does Wee Man fall? Right on the fucking steel oh, tanks. What are the odds? I'm trying to be very careful not to spoil it if anybody wants to go see it because it's you know, jackass. There's no spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna hurt themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a spoiler to say they're going to hurt themselves, but the specific stunt, I'm not going to say. Doug's loving this segment. But it's, yeah, I I needed a good laugh. It provided a good laugh. There Um, there you go, Dan. Jeff laughed. When when did you go see it? Uh, Last Thursday. So just not not quite a week ago. I just wonder if we saw Jackass at the same time if we're still in tune, but we're not quite. No. Little slightly out of sync. We are drifting apart. So (laughs) you're not having your period at the same time anymore? (laughs) You guys are no longer in sync. God almighty, when that used to happen at the experience. That shit was it happens when Jeff any time women are around each other that aren't on the pill. When Jeff and I were in sync, it was amazing. See, I never noticed that at the experience because I only worked with like one or two yeah. women. No, no, characters. yeah, guys, Jesus, they would announce it. You know, we'd all get in the transit corridor and be waiting for the first show of the day, and they'd be like, "By the way, guys, you better be careful." If you never ran with the theater crowd, want to know what it was like? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they. Oh my. TMI constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh hell yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, Jackass Forever. If you like Jackass at all, go see it. It's, uh, you know. And sync uh, up with uh, Jeff and Torgo. One, one review actually said it pretty well. It's both timeless and timely. So <laughs> go Timeless check it out. and timely. Well, you know what? Jackass is forever. I also, um, uh, Showtime, I believe it was, had, uh, you know, I like my documentaries, um, they have the new documentary that just came out. Um, we need to talk about Cosby. Oh, right. And it's Ooh, how it's was all about. Uh, it, it was a really interesting documentary because there's a lot you don't know about Cosby as the professional, and a lot you don't know about Cosby in his personal life that that comes out in this. That you know, the apparently the signs were there, not just in the short term, but for decades that he was doing some nefarious shit. Um, off the screen. Well, dude, and, there's also that documentary on Playboy. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed was the fact that at the mansion, quaaludes were oh, yeah. plentiful. Yeah. And uh, they, well, they, the they, they actually referred to them as leg spreaders. And yes, it, one of the most weirdest moments I experienced is the one job I was working in Vegas. We had a few older guys, mm-hmm. right? And they, they older guided up when the subject of Cosby came up because I shit you not. One of them was just like, he wasn't doing anything that other people weren't doing back then. And the yeah. other guy was like, damn straight. And it was and just like, like, but it doesn't make it right. Yes. Sort of like, <laughs> okay, so everybody was awful. I'm not sure where you're yeah. going with this. So here's a list. Write it down. Turn yourself in. Yeah. Um, and we, but, but yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's like it was, a, it was a thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's also eye-opening and just like you're saying, that whole notion of how and what actors and famous people were doing in the 60s in the 70s in the 80s and not getting caught Mm. or getting caught and not facing any consequences well a life without consequences yes exactly and then how much it emboldens you and becomes a part of your personality it's like i'm never going to face any consequences for my actions so what's going to cause me to stop nothing so um, it's definitely, I mean, 
it might be a tough documentary to watch for a lot of people because, I mean, there's a lot of trigger moments in there, especially in some of the interviews. I'm just going to put that right out there right now. Um, but it's it's very eye-opening, just like you were saying with the, the Playboy one about, you know, that that difference in attitude and the difference in the mentality of those generations going and forward. what a wasted legacy. Yeah. I was talking to my brother about this. My yeah. brother is of a generation. He grew up with I Spy. Right. Which was actually, not a lot of people know, was actually a groundbreaking TV series. Yes. Emmy winning. And that's, why, that's what I was talking about as far as the things a lot of people don't know about yes. Cosby professionally. He forced studio at the time to hire black stunt people because... When he started that show, they were painting white stuntmen to do the scenes. And he says, <laughs> and he went to the producer and said, these people look nothing like me, even with the body Derp. paint and everything. Yeah. He's like, it's very clear that it's a stuntman. So he essentially forced them to hire um, a, a, a black stuntman. And he went to, uh, I think the guy was like a, an extra on Gomer Pyle, but Physically, same body type, same height, et cetera, as Cosby. So he forced mm -hmm. forced them, and and like you said, you know, it's a, a lead actor in that series, which was, you know, he wasn't the, you know, the background character except they, except in the in the role. They traded in the public. Yes, they traded off the billing. Yeah, a, each episode of I Spy. So sometimes it started Culp and then Cosby, yep. and sometimes it was Cosby and Culp. Uh, and that that was a friendship that actually transcended decades. Right. But it it, it um, I have a thing because my acting teacher at Northwestern, who was a very important mentor for me and was transformational, was incredibly abusive, mm -hmm. and it is a shameful legacy. Yeah. And I had this weird thing about it because. It was totally com compartmentalized. Oh, I, yeah. I, there was nothing in there about that that was bad for me. Right. And yet, I mean, I've been, well, on, I've been on theater forums where alumni have spoken, and there are a lot of angry, hurt people out there. And that's one of the segments of the documentary is they have a, a section called That's Not the Cosby I Know. Because there are people that had positive interactions with him, both professionally and personally, that were shocked. And it's not that they disbelieved the people that came forward. It's just that they weren't exposed it to so it. It is so disassociated from yes. what they know. Yeah. It's, they said that the Cosby that they knew was so different from the Cosby that they were presented with and then eventually found out to be factual, you know, because enough evidence was presented that they were shocked that they never really knew this person. It's like there's there's the side of them that we knew, but you never knew the whole person, and that was another point of the whole documentary. It's like you never know the entire Bill Cosby. You only know what he wants you to see in that given moment. Well, which speaks to he's probably psychopathic yeah. personality. Oh, and he's, uh, they said he's definitely narcissistic personality disorder as well as, um, oh, what was the other psych term? Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely, uh, a socio, a slight sociopath, but there's another term that they had that's a more professional term, but yeah, he said definitely has no empathy. So, um, 
Yeah, it's uh, which like is I said, so weird because he pioneered. Yes, like in educational television. Yeah, that was the there other were, thing. There they were in Emmys. Mm-hmm. Excuse me for Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Yes, he was very build family oriented. Yeah, the Cosby Show as a sitcom was revolutionary. And it reinvigorated the sitcom genre and, mm-hmm. and also was an experience for black families. And, and at the same and, time... And, and, and this, do- is, yeah. this is somebody who, who categorically had no empathy. Yeah. It, 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 it boggles the mind. Well, no one's one thing. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the things I sometimes wonder about uh, is like, you know, when you get that, you know, the, the shadowy side... It's not always there, right? And it's also situational, too, because, yeah. like, with his kids, apparently he was very paternal. Right. And you talk about a lack of empathy, yet he was still right. a good father by all accounts. He mm-hmm. was a terrible husband, which didn't come out until much later in life that he was not a good husband. And, and Camille then, stood by him yeah. anyway. Oh. Still now, doesn't she? Stout, or? Yeah, stoutly defended. I I think she passed away. Uh, oh. I'm I'm not a hundred percent on that because they they didn't really clarify that in the documentary. But like she was getting treatment for cancer or something, and I think I remember something. About so it. I don't. They don't specifically say, and I didn't think to check before the podcast here whether she was still alive or not. But yeah, even, like even in the documentary, like one of the last public interviews that he gave before the scandal really, really broke. She was absolutely steadfastly supportive of him right by his side. Very Catholic wife, because they even brought that up, you know, devoutly Catholic wife. You know, whatever he did, no matter what or how bad, she was going to stand by him because that's part of her faith. So, um, but anyway, um, like I said, it's a really good documentary. It's really well put together. Um, I definitely recommend checking it out. It is on uh, Showtime, uh, both uh, airing and on demand. And then if you also have the Showtime app, you can you can watch it at any time on any device. Yeah. So, well, but you know, everyone wears masks. Oh yeah. When it comes down to, it. I mean, everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, a prime example: Barry's wearing a Ghost shirt, the band Ghost. Yes. But he on vinyl, he has the whole collection of Anne Murray. Uh, Barry Manilow suck the Carpenters. I'm sorry to be revealing this uh, in public, but you know what? It's an intervention. How dare you? (laughs) That explains when you hear him humming, "You light up my life." Yes. All right. Just don't steal my Carpenters collection. (laughs) (laughs) Really, dude. Abba, it's Abba Barry. You you know me. You you know I love to sing and dance. I know. (laughs) Barry, you know what? That should that should be a Kofi level because <gasps> Barry absolutely loves karaoke. So oh there should God, be a yes. high level Kofi yes. video of Barry karaokeing karaoke. No, 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 no a karaoke par- a karaoke party. Yes, with Where I wear Barry. the banana suit. And he has to do the choreography. With the banana suit. Oh my God! <laughs> I love this idea. I agree. Everything I love this idea is for sale. <laughs> You just gotta put up enough money. I want to see him singing. I sold a word the other day. Come on, (laughs) Kirsten. What'd you do this week? Sort of geeky, you know, kind of like you said, the Gilded Age, Deb. I uh, I like the older Ralph Bakshi cartoons, Lord of the His Lord of the Rings, uh, and of course the the thing that that a lot of people feel is the apex, Fire and Ice. 
So, and this was rotoscoping. This is yes. the old school. You film people doing stuff, and then you you animate, you draw over. And there were things about it that I really liked, like lush, beautiful water color backgrounds or something. But then you had these for for cartoons, realistic character movements and characters around them. I I, I really enjoyed that. So there's this rotoscoped movie that some people recently did that's a sword and sorcery one called Spine of the Night. I actually went on, I had a little bit of money, finally, so I went on Amazon and I rented it. Uh, I'm sorry, you're yawning, Barry. I'll I'll get to the point. Oh, Christ. But but, um, (laughs) um, it was really funny because I went on to rent it and watch it and spur of the moment I just went ahead and hit Reacher and started watching Reacher. That's what I was thinking was going to be the overlap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I read, I've actually read the first couple Reacher books. Okay. So I was kind of interested in seeing what they did and I was like, oh, yeah, well. so I watched that. Um, now the, the Lee Child's Reacher is a number of uh, thrillers about this guy, a former military policeman from the special investigator, special investigator who uh, actually is now a hobo, a hobo, as he says it. He's yes. off the grid. He has no connections to the 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 modern world. He just goes from place to place because he's got his military pension and he can you know live very very easy. No no ties, no grounding. And it's really funny because when friends were telling me about the book decades ago, they were like, oh, it's really great. He's not on the grid. He's got no credit cards. <laughs> and it's just like... There's so oh, much yeah, more to it than well, that. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's also like, I'm not... I'm, uh, I look around their house and I see their wife in the kitchen and the kids upstairs and I'm like, okay, I, I, wonder, if, I wonder if something's like poking out here <laughs> it, it, it is fascinating it was adopted by a certain segment of the population that lee childs was not writing for yeah yeah it, 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 it the books were successful in spite of the fact that right because that you he's had, not, like, your preppers he's of, not making a yeah. statement it's no. just that that's how reacher lives yeah his one id is his passport which has no stamps in it right he hasn't traveled or done anything but he doesn't even have a driver's license but he's a the character is six foot five and uh, is a military guy. It's built like a linebacker, right? Essentially. And the the his his own line in the books is like there are very there's like maybe four people in the world I might be afraid of in a fight. So he's not physic. He's not intimidated by anybody. Um, and that was one of the complaints about the. Tom Cruise movies because Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise, right? Right. Yes. I mean, he's got he's, he's an action. He's king. got the yes. he's an action king. He's got the charisma of but a six foot short. five guy, but he is five. Right. He does not <laughs> physically dominate a room physically, physically, charismatically. He and Cruise is a, it, and Cruise is a as a workout fanatic. I mean, right. he's physically fit, and but he's nowhere near. The description of Reacher in the books. And he's a good actor. Yes. I actually like those movies. Yes, me too. That departure just was that, that's a, that's it, because Reacher is supposed to be physically intimidating. Yes. Um, so when they decided to do the series, Lee Child was in it. They were, and they, they uh, went with Alan Richin, Richson, who is apparently geek related because he was Hawk in some of the DC yep. uh, EU. Uh-huh. He he was he was he was a couple characters. In Titans. In 
Uh, no, Legends of Tomorrow. Legends oh, okay. of Tomorrow. Yeah. He was also on like American Idol, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Apparently twice. <laughs> yeah, he... It, it, so he has it, a good voice. Right. He, um, he, I think, still needs some work as an actor, but I think he's getting there. I saw, I don't know how they filmed it, but in the progress of the series, there's eight episodes, I saw him get better. I, the first few episodes, uh, I don't know if you watched it, Jeff. I, I watched the whole thing. Okay. Because he, he, he was a little more charming than I found Reacher to be in the books. See, I didn't feel like he was charming. I think in the, in, in the first, in the first for, episode, I think it was he had to interact more than he was comfortable with. But then became much more, I guess, emotionless as the series went by. That that was one of the things I noticed. It, it felt it, like it, a mask he was putting on, like mm-hmm. like Todd was referring to. He's like he's, he. I was like, okay, now I'm forced to interact with these people, so right. I have to make myself less, right. which is less me. feared, which because <laughs> they already fear me. How do I make yeah. them and fear me and, less? And we all right fear now. Todd, so you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, you never know what's coming. <laughs> so, um, but. I appreciate um, that, Joe. That series was also pretty loyal to the books. They did a few changes that actually worked, made I was, sense. I was going to ask you about Lee that. Lee Child himself said that he was happy with some of the character changes, the personality changes. Uh, people are already clamoring for Willa Fitzgerald. She yeah. played the female lead. Um, and, and the thing is, Reacher is a hobo. So each book... He wanders around, and especially in the early part of the series, it's a totally new environment. But so people are already like, "Well, shit, she was great. Yeah, and we'd love to have her back." Right, and and it's kind of sad. So I think I I enjoyed it, and I think it's a pretty good. I think it's a pretty good series. It's pretty loyal to the books, which was nice to see. And I think uh, Richson has uh, has a great potential in it. So I I recommend Reacher on Amazon. Prime. Yeah, and nice. just just based on this weekend's numbers, Amazon has already announced the season two. Good, and so, there are a bajillion books. So yeah, there's, there's, that there's, could go on for a bit. They haven't said what book it's going to be based on, right. but they're hoping to keep it as uh, based so on the book series. Similar to like Tom Clancy's style of writing, kind of like military fiction stuff. Um, it isn't quite as techy deep. Okay, it doesn't get techy deep. But it's really interesting because Lee Child is a Brit, but yes. he loves America. And so he's deep into Americana. This takes place in a small Georgia town. And it is, it's kind of funny because I would almost say go in the direction of Stephen King, but there's no supernatural. But talking about people, talking about places, and everything like that okay. is is very Stephen King like. I I, I kind of like it. I, I I don't know if it's a dude bro type of series though, so I don't know how you would fall into it if you read it. Well, I mean, I don't I, think, it, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think I, it's a dude bro series. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. There is that scene where they take a lot of laxative and start running and shitting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do think though uh, the chemistry between the three leads was fantastic. It was very um, good. Very uh, good. Malcolm Goodwin who. Uh, 
if anybody watched iZombie, he was Detective Babineau yeah. on that series. And that that character is a bit of a departure from the book. And at right. first I was like, ah, but he grew on me. Yeah, I he liked, said he talked to Lee Childs about it. And had Lee some, Childs and, and he gave him the it. thumbs up. Yes, he said, go with it. Childs talked about not micromanaging. Uh-huh. He said he like gave him his their uh, permissions and you know the ideas, and then he let him go. And he was very happy with how things went. So, because um, I think even Roscoe is a little bit different from the she book, is. Well, and she's and he actually said he liked her portrayal yes. a little more than the way he had written. Actually, the yes, you're right. He did actually outright state that he yeah. liked that character more than the character he wrote. He was like, "Shit, I wish I'd written that character." I was kind of sad after that. It was like, like it was like a weird little quip in the in the uh, the interviews for it. But he something he said something to the effect of, "It's like she's definitely more three dimensional than the way I had written her in right. the book." And I really loved it. So. And and that is a bit of a a bit of a thing because Reacher, at least in that first book, he's definitely the most intelligent guy in the room. Thought out character, oh, yeah, 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 the yeah. three dimensional, and yeah, intelligent. That's the other thing because he's this big, intimidating, you know, guy, but ridiculously smart. But he's very smart, and he's very good at his job when he was a military police policeman. And so, and, and some of the times when he dresses down people who are thinking he's just a big lug. Yeah. And he kind of takes them apart is actually pretty cool. So. Right. So it, uh, I will say acting wise, Richson is not super strong in this, but I do think he's going to get better. Because like I said, I felt I saw, sorry, I felt I saw progress through the series. So, and then I did get the spine of the night. So oh, yeah, we, I forgot we, about that. Yeah. You did mention that no, earlier, yeah. I didn't just, you? Because I wrote it down. Is it no. knight or like knight like a warrior? No, oh, it's a knight as in knight. Okay. It's it's very sword and sorcery, and it's very... It, knight as in knight. Thanks. As in yeah. time with a, of day. With yeah. a K yeah. or an N. She, she got it. Yes. I was talking to her. As in knight you like a naked knight, N-I-T-E. N-I-T-E. I'm not going to help you. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say. You dug this yourself. We need to give him away. <laughs> tier seven but anyway yeah it, that that was pretty good too um i i like some of the ideas they they've got richard grant lucy lawless doing voices joe maganello shows up in there Patton oswalt who plays a wonderful Patton oswalt asshole kind of character um it is that kind of rotoscoping animation style we're used to the you know the anime stuff i mean vox machina is actually Titmouse is doing a very nice job on that series with that animation. That's really some cool stuff. Um, so it was interesting to watch. I like some of the ideas that they did and the things that these guys were reaching for when they did it. I think, oh shit, I don't want to put myself on the spot, but I think they it was crowdfunded. I think it was kickstarted. When cool they did world it. turned me off to Ralph Bakshi. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, dude. I'm not um, some of his earlier stuff, and that I didn't really no. get super into. But I grew up. I discovered Lord of the Rings through his movie, and the first time, the first time Aragorn like slices open an orc, I'm just like, "You can do that in cartoons." <laughs> it was it totally. I was just like, "Whoa!" You you know, it didn't matter how bad, 
you know, Roadrunner got, Coyote was never cut open. Right. Yeah. So I was just sort of like, wow. And then, you know, my kid mind would process the, the way these people move, the characters move. There's something about so unique, it. And I was, unique, yes. I was seeing rotoscoping without knowing what the hell rotoscoping was. So, and then Fire and Ice, you know, Fire and Ice is, uh, I think it's, it's a classic uh, if you're into that kind of stuff. So, would you call Spine of the Night a classic? Classic, mm, I wouldn't call it a classic on that level, no. But I would, I, I would say it was an interesting, it was an interesting work. It was an interesting effort. I like the story in it because at first it, it, I was like, oh, oh, this is getting kind of pedestrian. But these guys have a fondness for sword and sorcery type stuff, fantasy type stuff of that kind, and I think that the story actually kind of went in a heavy metalish direction, which. I did appreciate and I liked a lot, and uh, so Spine of the Night, Reacher. All right, um, yeah, I, like I, it. I, I did something. Yay! Before we go on to news, I've got a bit of a mail uh, I, we should address mm-hmm. that was sent to us. Uh, to, to set this up, last week we uh, talked about the first D and D game we did with some of the monkeys, and uh, Ozzy Matt's character, the cleric, the healer. Yes. Uh, was supposedly was the was not the, healing your character, Deb, because no. you didn't deserve it because you weren't rolling well. Apparently, okay, yes. So and, and that didn't make you very happy. And there's some bitterness there because she got she just gave him the side jaw thing that she does. Deb <sighs> bitter about something? Never. Never. Well, uh, hold Oz- a grudge. Never. No. Ozzy Matt wanted to respond to to our, our talking about that, so he he, he says, "Good day, fuckers." As a proud member of the Fuck Best and Gag Me tier D&D group, <laughs> I would like to take a moment to set the record straight. I was not discriminating against the ever-delightful Deb. I was using a little something known as role-playing. <laughs> My character, Mulcahy, was a veteran cleric of the Korean War, that's Korean spelled (laughs) C-O-R-I-A-N, Jesus Christ, where he had seen many horrific incidents and lost many good friends. His character sheet, as provided by Dungeon Master K, stated that he only respected those who showed prowess in combat. Oh, shit. I forgot about that part. (laughs) (laughs) So that's your fault. You were blaming the wrong person the Uh, whole time. and, and, And to add salt to the wound... I rolled that trait. <laughs> <laughs> so how else should he react when seeing a character charge at the bad guys, ineffectively waving her sword around in the air and accompli- accomplishing absolutely nothing except mildly irritating them, all while he was trying to talk them out of attacking us? He did try to parlay. That was hilarious. Yeah. It is my opinion that Mulcahy appropriately triaged the situation by healing those who were actually useful, especially that little funny bloke who did a great job of kidding the bad guys away from the rest of us and snarking them to death. <laughs> he did. He snarked them to death. So what do you think? Send comments to who came up with these stupider name, stupid tier names at whyberryy.com. <laughs> Aussie Matt. I like how Barry's not jumping on the, the phone to find out if whybarrywhy.com is taken. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, whybarrywy. I don't need that domain name. <laughs> I think the rest of us do. It's yeah. funny, because I did roll up that, that I, I, they have in built in the Roll20, if you want to roll up the traits, 
uh, they have the rolling things in there. And I did, in fact, roll up that he'd been through a lot and seen a lot, and he was just kind of that burnout zone. And that I did randomly roll that, yeah, he doesn't respect... Uh, so it's your fault. Wow. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, you already had it in for us anyway. Well, you. Me specifically. I, I, I like that's the, how he DMs, I like right? This, I thought that's what you said. I like this us. It's like, like you know, it's I treat Barry the same as everyone else. Or no, I should rephrase that. I treat everyone else the same as Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh. do some news you don't give a shit about. No. Uh, Why? You don't give a shit about Wang. Has anybody here read uh, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, Super no. Fudge, any of the Judy Bloom set? I oh. probably did when I was a kid. Okay. No. It was it was one of the first books I remember read that was read to me in school. Like third grade, it was read to me. And I took to the books pretty good. And uh, still a fan to this day. I own a hardcover of that, that first book. Uh, so Disney Plus has announced that they are teaming up with Joe and Anthony Russo to develop an animated film adaptation of Judy Bloom's classic book, Super Fudge. Uh, the project is being written by Amos Vernon and Nuno Ran- Randazzo, and the story centers on the Hatcher family. Um, now, I know there are out there people that the book is close to them. It's, it's a formative book for many. The book came out in like 1972, but, oh. but books were written in that series up to like, I think like the early 2000s. So there's That's like, there's some like, old writing. There's like six books in the series across multiple decades. Okay. That's taking your time. It is. That's that's it, it's Judy Bloom. Boy. She had things right in between. But. George Martin has uh <laughs> has something to live for yeah. now. Yeah. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Made her known, but this these are the books that made her money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want that kind of life. So for those of you out there who have read it, I'm 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 gonna read the description. 12-year-old Peter Hatcher almost has it all. Two boomer parents, a perfect though slightly odorous turtle, his very own bedroom in a cramped Manhattan apartment, a ride-or-die best friend Jimmy, and eight whole weeks of summer vacation ahead of him with just one massive problem. Farley Drexel Hatcher, his three-year-old brother, a.k.a. Fudge. Fudge isn't just a problem. He is a tornado, a tsunami, a superstorm, a berry, an arctic bomb <laughs> of chaos and destruction. Wait a minute. And when Fudge runs away under Peter's watch, an epic family adventure across New York City ensues. One that ultimately brings these two together as their world is turned upside down by the arrival of a brand new problem, an infant baby sister reminding all of us that nothing is ever constant except change. And this is not the book Super Fudge or Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing at all. This is Baby's Day Out re- re- repackaged somehow. Ah. Uh, Joe and Anthony Russo is really the only reason I put this on here because they are nerd directors through and through and directors I trust when it comes down to something. If their name's attached to it, I'll give it a chance. Remind me what they've done. Avengers. Avengers. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> like the final ones. And, yes. and, and, and uh, Winter Soldier, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. How do they go from that to Super Fudge? Uh, I, I, you know what? There, there might be a formative book in their past as well as my guess. But here's the thing. They're not doing it. I don't know what this story is. Wow. It's, at, at no point is there an adventure in those books like these. At least not those first two. Certainly not Super Fudge. Mm-mm. So it's, I, it's just so, it's so 
so far away from it that I realize this is not everybody in Swiss News don't give a shit about because most will. It's uh, it sounds like executive interference. Yeah, uh, I but I I don't know what to expect from this. So if you're a fan of it, that's and you say, oh, it's it's that's coming out, of uh, kind of. Weekend Geek! Hooray! Whoop! Dakota Johnson, uh, from, uh, she was in Fifty Shades of Grey, Bad Times at the El Royale, will play Madam Web in Sony's first ever female led comic book adaptation, uh, Madam Web. The project, which was first announced in May of 2020, will be directed by S.J. Clarkson, who was a director of some episodes of Jessica Jones and The Defenders. Uh, created by Dennis O'Neill and John Romita Jr., uh, Madam Web made her publishing debut in the pages of 1980's The Amazing Spider-Man number 210. In the comics, Cassandra Webb is depicted as a frail and blind old woman who uses her psychic abilities to uncover Spider-Man's secret identity. Uh, given that Johnson is in her early 30s, expect a fairly wide reimagining. Uh, a bit like uh, Barbara Gordon's Oracle in DC Comics, Madam Web is an ally to Spider-Man, while unable to leave the confines of a special chair that keeps her alive via a web-like setup, Cassandra provides Peter with crucial information that helps him save the day. Uh, Madam Web draws her prescient abilities from the web of life and destiny, an apparatus that allows one to observe and travel between the infinite realities of the multiverse, a concept that's now playing a huge part in the uh. cinematic universe. So uh, Madam Web's cinematic debut is one of several Spider-Verse spinoffs currently in the works at Sony. Uh, movies and shows based on Morbius the Living Vampire, Craven the Hunter, and Silk are all confirmed and in some stage of production. Craven. The first part of a two-part sequel of the Oscar-winning Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse arrives into theaters this fall. Quote, We have the next seven or eight years laid out as to what we're going to do with Sony's universe of Marvel characters, and that will not only be on the film side, but on the TV side as well, said Sony chairman and CEO uh, Tony uh, Vinci Chiara. Vinci Chiara. Revealed in 2019. (laughs) So Hmm. Madam Web, not well known. Uh, We we announced this earlier on the show, but it's cast now, uh, 30-something. Uh, so obviously not going with the comic, but Sony for the first time is really piquing my interest in what the hell are they doing now? Right. Uh, but in a way that I'm curious about it and not outright dismissal like I was. Right. Right. Uh, some of that is their face it. A lot of that is their interact with Marvel itself. Yeah, their and, willingness to right. interact with it, yeah. become part of the story. Yeah. And the fact that, uh, Venom, uh, while not a great movie, was a fun movie. Yeah. And I never saw the sequel, but I hear it's fun as well. It's all right. Okay. Uh, Jeff says it's all right, but overall, that's what I'm hearing. I think I liked the first one better, I think, is what it comes down to. The the first one was surprisingly good, and the second one was just kind of... I know there were a lot of little things that made me go, I don't understand why they're doing this. Morbius has been pushed back multiple times, mostly because of the pandemic. Um but we got our first teaser trailer of that a year ago. For Morbius? Yeah. It was before that. Was it even before I feel that? like it's been two years since I saw started seeing stuff for that. Wow. But uh, but it's so unusual, the choices that they're making. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I realize they have only the Spider-Man quote-unquote villains. They, don't, they have Spider-Man kind of. Uh, but anything to do with Spider-Man, they're doing it with Marvel. So... I wonder if they're ever going to jut out on their own with Spider-Man with kind of Marvel's blessing behind it. 
I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm always cautious about Sony stuff because I want everything to tie back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. When they tied Spider-Man back in, I was super happy. And are they going to be branching out again? Not in the same Marvel Cinematic Universe? Are they going to say, well, now... There's a multiverse, and we can have our own Spider-Man universe. Well, that's kind of what they've established, isn't it? And it, it that kind of sucks because it's there, there's the multiverse in the MCU, mm-hmm. but that's in the MCU. So are they playing within the Marvel? I hate. I, I can't keep using the word universe. It's it's it it doesn't. You can if you want. I really don't want to. <laughs> are they are they playing in the MCU? I think their proof of concept is into the Spider-Verse. That animated show just blew everybody away. Oh, I loved it. It was oh, good. Yeah, no, that it was, was really fun. Good. And I can divorce myself if it's an animated thing. Animated, okay, it's in its own thing. If, if they're staying there, great. But sure. they did enough tying in with, with Spider-Man No Way Home of the previously established Sony versions that you could probably bring anything in to the MCU potentially... So I, it sounds like they're trying to just take everything and throw it on the wall and see what sticks. Hmm. Spider Gwen. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't uh, mind a Spider yeah. Spider Gwen I movie, especially if they brought back um, uh, Emma Stone. I, I think she. I think she'd be make a fantastic Spider Gwen. And she'd be a little low for the part. Well, yes, but then again, you know, the they brought you back said. Andrew Garfield, and he did a fine job. Yeah, but no, he's not no. back back. Back for well, that, I, I meant just movie. as far as like when yeah. you have the crossover between the three. So mm-hmm. if you brought in no. Stone and Spider Gwen, uh, I think it's not. I, I don't think a, it'd be a problem. I want a Spider Gwen series. Yeah. If you're gonna yeah. do Spider Gwen, you do it. But up. it's not gonna be Emma Stone. No, no, I don't think. Be. I don't no. think it Someone would. Younger. I don't yeah. think it would be. Uh, and that's I think what makes me so fascinated with this Sony lineup that they have now. It's mostly villains. It's they're doing villain movies. Well, yeah. Villain movies. Craven. It's sort of like. What the hell? But at the same time, who the hell even is Craven though? Oh God, dude, he's 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 I, it, a big game the, hunter that goes after Spider Man. Oh, and, that is a and second stringer, dude, third stringer, dude. And that that description does nothing <laughs> because that costume is so Ditko. Oh geez, yeah. It, oh it, boy. It, it it he he guy wears ballet slippers for fuck's sakes, and and and. Even though his top is supposed to be a vest of a lion's face and like there's a mane, oh, it really comes across. Make me hot. But yeah. and the the character is not like that. That it's not like he's making a comment about anything. It's just the way the characters. It's so weird. Yeah, I was gonna say now, Craven. Correct me if I'm wrong, Kirsten. It, is not always portrayed as a villain, right? I mean, he has villain tendencies, but his overall drive is mostly about the hunt. Right? I think I I think so, but I think I don't know that I've ever seen I've never seen him as anti-hero. Well, yeah. no, no, definitely so, not anti-hero, but not yeah. not specifically a villain. He's not I'm out to take over the world. Yeah, kind of like Morbius isn't always Right. I need clarification on something. Morbius portrayed as a villain. Morbius is definitely in the MCU because yeah. they included Vulture in that. Right, fuck uh, you, Vulture Man. Maybe. <laughs> what do you mean, maybe? Uh, in the in the trailer, it was uh, uh, Keaton. Keaton. Yeah, 
Well, that's yeah. that's Vulture, but that's I not. almost said Buster Keaton. And wow. Okay, that's a little before. Um, Different Vulture, though. Stellar, stellar casting. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think that's that's but Morbius because that smacks of like building towards their senators. Senator Six, Sinister Six. I like Senator Six. Yeah, Senator Sinister. Yeah, Uh, Sinister Six. But Morbius is in no way building toward that that before with the X Men. Yeah, but but not the X Men movie. No, they were doing it in the in the other Spider Man. Yeah, the Garfield Spider Man. Uh, Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and that that actually kind of almost happens in. or there's a little bit of groundwork for uh, that in uh, No Way Home. Yes, Far From Home. That's no the, Way Home. No way the point home. is Resurrections. The, yeah. <laughs> if if Vulture's in Morbius, then that's an MCU movie, right? Well, I mean that's a that's a, a that's a Tom Holland Spider Man movie villain. So yeah. yeah. So 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 Morbius know, we're, is straight up MCU. I, I would say that that's uh, that's MCU. But okay. I don't know. That's, I think they've shit. made it intentionally vague right now they're, they're, by they're, introducing the they're multiverse. They're bug shit crazy. Yeah, th- that's that's why it's so fascinating because it's like, what is truly happening here? Right. I'm skeptical of Tony... Uh, Tony God. Soprano? Yeah, I'm skeptical of too. <laughs> yeah. Are we at hour and a half from me? I'm. Um, <laughs> yes, yes we are. I'm skeptical of Sony branching on its own. I really... Yeah. I. They've uh, made some all, questionable choices. All... All props to what Sony's doing now, especially the animated movie. But I don't think they can actually do it without Marvel's guidance. I think Marvel has got it. They've got it figured out. And I even think it's something you can't teach. If you want it that way, they got to do it. And and also bear in mind, Feige consulted on Into the Spider-Verse. Right. So it it wasn't an MCU film. Sure. But it had guidance and from would, somebody who is definitely involved. In, I would say that that's the level that you're going to have with Sony yeah. for Sony to be successful. It wasn't a Marvel film, but it was in the MCU. Sure. That's there's influenced a, a very by. important difference. That film is in the MCU. It is. It's not a Marvel film, but it's in the MCU. It's, it's, set in, the it's MCU. in the Sony universe of Marvel characters. But it's in the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Don't break your brain. Universe. Just, just. Oh, he's broken. Yeah, I know. He's already I broken. I know. Good beard, though. That's a nice yeah. beard. I like that. It's not quite the old man of the sea yet, though. The sea. Yeah. <laughs> My briny bride. Not physically, but mentally it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this week we lost Douglas Trumbull, the legendary visual effects artist who worked on science fiction classics like 2001 A Space Odyssey, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Star Trek The Motion Picture, and Blade Runner. Died at the age of 79. He had a hand in shaping the distinct, iconic visuals in many classic films of Kubrick, Spielberg, and Scott. Throughout his career, Trumbull was nominated for a total of three times for Close Encounters, Star Trek, and Blade Runner. But he didn't win any competitive Oscars, but the Academy did take the time to recognize his groundbreaking work by bestowing him with the Scientific and Engineering Award in 1993 and the Gordon E. Sawyer Award in 2012. Trumbull kept busy until up until the very end, designing the title reveal for Amazon's upcoming Lord of the Rings series, The Rings of Power. His other screen credits include The Andromeda Strain, Silent Running, Tree of Life, and The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a thing. Uh, Andromeda Strain has a really good design that's very, very much of its time. You know, the movie's set in the 70s. 
um, but still somewhat futuristic looking. Um, it's very, and it's it's also extremely grounded. Yeah. science fiction. They wanted they wanted you to to believe this is a facility that you, you there could be in yeah. the desert in America today, very, even very though believable. it looks super seventies. Yeah, futuristic, but nevertheless, it's incredibly grounded. Yeah, very very believable. And then he saved Star Trek the motion picture. Um, them bringing him in when the uh, original special effects house was just so far behind. I mean, there's there's stories of reels of the movie sitting in a studio, an empty st- um, sound stage at Paramount, waiting for the visual effects to be delivered so they could be spliced in and then sent out to theaters. Mm. But uh, Trumbull came in and finished all those effects in record time Too and made them the script. Well, <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> a lot of that was studio interference Boom. too. So that's why I'm hoping little, uh, little the director's edition, just a tiny slide, just a little, little one. The director's edition just is my favorite version of Star Trek, the motion picture. And wow. since they're redoing that, um, for, uh, in 4k for, yeah. uh, Paramount plus, uh, I like the Vernon vision version. Oh, yeah. with the, the, the finishing some of the unfinished effects that yeah yeah he that's, actually did a pretty good job on that actually. i was gonna say that's supposed to be in there um, Ooh, that a finished just... version of that that not that fernand did but you're right um what? but yeah trumbull's trumbull's work in in model making and other special effects just it's it was revolutionary yes we always talk about george lucas yes for hollywood vfx but when when you talk to the well when you read the interviews and everything mm-hmm. we've mentioned this before uh jeff when people are talking about the original star wars yes they talk about how 2001 loomed over everything right. and that was the standard they wanted to hit he is the reason why yeah. hollywood science fiction is the is the phenomenon that it is. Well, yeah, with all, all due respect to Lucas, yeah. Spielberg, et al., Cameron, it's, it started with Trumbull. Well, all those early ILM hires credit the work that Trumbull did right. you know, as an inspiration for doing what they did with Star Wars. Yeah. So, I mean, his legend will live on forever. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's sad that, you know, he... You know, didn't make it to 80. It was 79, right? 79. I was actually stunned when I heard that. It's yeah. like, my God. He was, he was in his, he was in his, his, his kid, his childish 30s yeah. when he was reinventing fucking Hollywood. Right. 79. And never really retired. I mean, yeah. like you, you just said in the article, right? He was working right up to the end. Yeah. Yeah. I so. auditioned for him when Luxor, because he was involved yeah, in the you, Luxor. I, Business. I, you mentioned that on Facebook, and I, I was curious about the story behind that. It wasn't it wasn't anything huge. It was oh, okay. they did the general audition, mm-hmm. and uh, we it was a bunch of portables out okay. in the out in the the back lot while they were building the Luxor, and there was one guy that was running it, but Trumbull showed up. You know, very very genial old. He's you know he looked like your uncle, right? Uncle so, Trumbull. Yeah. And the guy was at the table with the scripts and everything, and you know. And of course, it was a fucking monologue, always with the fucking monologues. Just give me your sides. I so much prefer cold readings to monologues. But and you know, you've talked to me because you've helped me with this. I've griped about comic monologues. Yes. What the 
fuck do you do? And I got a suggestion from uh, somebody, pulled something from the real inspector hound. Okay. I just, I did that bit and um, got laughs, but the part. What? what is it's okay. going on? Ignore a kitty cat. Yeah, Go I ahead. Know, Keep I know, going. I know. But the the part was I just fucking. I was like, wow. I'm I'm I I didn't get it, and I'm glad because it was the the role was uh, greeting people in that first uh, first uh, of the IMAC uh, first of the experiences at the Luxor, and people come into the room. It's a big screen. I don't. It's not the IMAX, but it's a big screen. Was and it the ride? It was the um, ride. The first one was the ride. Right. The but, broken elevator but, scene? Well, no, because this is this is the part where everybody's just sitting in a little theater. Oh, this was the second part that you went to that was the recreation of the talk show? I, I yeah. Oh, and the, the That's the final part of it. No, the, the final part was the IMAX theater. Yeah. yeah. And this guy oh. is I mean, he's in a Hawaiian shirt and he's trying to be Mr. Insult comic and it's, you know, come on in, sir. Oh, what do you you know, oh wow. That's right. There was a warm up comic before yes the... and yeah and his job was to usher people in and stuff so it's not even like he was a full-blown worn-up comic I and i was watching that. that and i'm like boy am i glad i didn't get this <laughs> jesus christ but it was you know that whatever thing, that thing was a mess you could just ignore the second part and just do the first and third well don't but, even get me started yeah, on that well yeah you know and like trumbull well he was the effects yeah that, there you go and that's what that was so it was fun though, just a little little brush with fame and the and the man who changed it all. I didn't know he did that you did that in front of him. I'm I'm kind of impressed. Well, oh, imp- yeah, yeah, that's, that's you should have got that, the role, K. That's Vegas impressed. Oh Jesus Christ <laughs> well, Almighty! It would have paid nice, but Jesus Christ, dude! It's, it's certainly a different story than your typical meeting a legend like that. You yeah. know, it's just like you know, oh, I met him, I shook his hand, and talked about how much of a fan I was, and then I served the, him dinner, and he tipped me well, and he was really yeah. nice. The, you know, the, some of those the standard uh, stories. stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you know you you helped their family while they were playing arcade games and you know boardwalk games at Disney. I did that. Oh, Tom Cruise. I, I oh. served quite a few uh, Disney celebrities at Disney. Well, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I missed Tom Hanks. I was so pissed. I missed meeting Tom Hanks. That would have been fun. I would Aww. imagine. Aww. I rolled Scotty to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> were you as blarg when you did it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really were. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Now that's an awesome story. <laughs> that's the end of it. <laughs> There's the bathroom. There you go. Yeah, I have actually. I don't know if you guys remember one of the comic cons we went to, San Diego Comic Cons. Actually, I think it was the first one I ever went to when the guild was brand new, Felicia Day. Oh, ah, yes. mm, and yes. I was wearing a guild T-shirt, and she asked me if she could take a picture with me. Oh, that's so amazing! It yeah. was amazing. I was like, of course, sure, wow. absolutely. Did, did, did you lick her? No. <laughs> okay. No. You know how fangirl out you went. <laughs> Did you ask to date her avatar? Uh, uh, what a video! I liked that video. That was. Fun. That introduced a lot of people to the guild. That was. That was the yes. viral thing that brought brought the boys to the yard. That was a that was a a web series phenomenon yeah. Yeah, before before any of that. Yep. Was yeah. anything. It, it was. was just you know what she was doing while. Doing, being a working actress, yeah. I thought that was yeah. fascinating because she's up, taking on parts and then mm-hmm. still having time to produce Rolling this. up a geek and sundry. 
Yep. Yeah. Right. Calling in Will to do the tabletop, and of course, most famously, she's the one who was like, "Hey, you guys playing D and D? Why don't you? Right. Why don't you do a live play of that?" Plus, yeah. I mean, she's a gamer. She she's one of those you know super nerds that loves to do the things that she loves to talk about and mm-hmm. promote and do and. I'm surprised that's not in the news. Uh, Will Wheaton recently settled his lawsuit with Geek and Sundry. I, really? Yeah, that, that really yeah. is surprising. That's I wasn't not aware in the news, he had Tyler. a. This is lawsuit. the first time I'm hearing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had the first the time I heard there? of the no- a lawsuit, even though it's been yeah. ongoing. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It apparently had been going on for a while. It was. Uh, yeah, he and his pr- producer. Yeah, they had, they felt that they had been uh, unfairly cut out of revenue from that, and uh, so they. It's it's like a lot of these things. You have to file suit in order to get discovery, in order to to because sometimes these companies, even though they're supposed to contractually present the um, you know this, the income sheets for you to peruse to see how much you're actually owed or whether you not owed anything, and they kept refusing to do that. So you had to go through the the legal process, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. Still means we'll never see another episode of Tabletop, though. Yeah. I know. That's, that is disappointing. That is very sad. But you know what? No, no rolls barred. You're doing great. Yeah. You're, you're filling the gap, and thank well, you for it. It yeah. just sucks because he was very passionate about that project, and he really enjoyed bringing it out and then having to stop it because chicanery yeah. <laughs> behind the scenes that had absolutely nothing to do with his love for what he was doing or doing something that he... Was glad people were enjoying, you know. Yeah, that was okay. that was like the sad part of that story. Yeah, was it? It really had nothing to do with the the, the presentation of the show, the fan reaction to the show, right. or anything like that. Some grumble. idiot bean counter or executive decided, mm, I want to make more money off this thing. How can we do that? Oh, right. let's squeeze the person that created it out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and that was because, and all of that was after Felicia had sold Geek and Sundry, yeah. right? Yes. Because she wasn't there for right. to be custodian protector, whatever. Yeah. Speaking of custodian protectors, let's do some red light, green light. Red light. What was that? I don't know. I was going for a scream and somewhere... He lost the energy and, and yeah, drive. Yeah, it was so. Biggs yeah, O-Face, but, like. but then yeah. I got tired, like Biggs probably does. Brutal. <laughs> it's like a whoopee cushion, like being like... Oh, that, wow. was, that, was yeah. half, that was half full. So it's, it's like when the, when the valve has gotten too weak to actually make the noise, just kind of... <laughs> That's what you are, a deflated whoopee cushion. There you go. There you go. You deflated whoopee cushion. <laughs> Hello there, little halfling. Oh my! <laughs> Why do you hate my halfling? <laughs> I hate all halflings. Why it's nothing you, personal. How can you hate? I've stated Mango it. Jolly Bottle. Uh, he hates halflings and he hates bards and he especially hates halfling bards. And uh, halfling played by Barry. Yes, there you go. Deb put the <laughs> maraschino wish. cherry on the whipped cream. <laughs> I wish Jeff. I could find my ukulele. Oh, the oh, game boy. would be so much better. Oh, the that's one way to put it. I agree with this type. Oh my god, we got to get that in there. You, you know, you, I didn't you actually, I didn't actually get a chance to role play a lot. But maybe I should sound like that. Maybe I should do that voice. 
You don't even come close. <laughs> what, do, Boy, I, that doesn't even pass for I don't, a bad I don't, Jeff impression. I don't, I don't really know the voice. I just kind of just stab it at the dark there. What's so hard to figure out about that voice? Okay, now it seems a little better now that you do it a little bit. Oh, he's... Did wow. I not get it right? No, you're, you, you're you didn't. Closer. I'm closer. Help, you're closer. Help, help me out. I, we I we now have an idea of what Torgo's bard sounded like when he was going through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> and got stuck there. When it's time to change, <laughs> then it's time to change. <laughs> All right, I bring this production meeting of Done Right to order. We have four more pitches, and we got to choose one of them. You each get one green light, one or more of them maybe fake. Here are your choices. We have Rift War, American McGee's Alice, Frank Got Abducted, and Later. What's Later? You'll find out. First, we're going to start with the Rift War cycle. The series adaptation is reportedly in the works for the books that open the Rift War cycle, a sprawling saga of more than 30 novels and short stories created by author Raymond E. Feist. Production company Six Studios, led by lifelong fans of comic book, fantasy, sci-fi, and horror, Jeff Huang and Carl Choi, has picked up the rights to the first six books in the series with an eye toward adapting the stories for TV. Set in the magical worlds of Midkemia and Kelowan, the Rift War universe began in the early 1980s as an alternative role-playing game fantasy setting inspired by Feist's own preoccupation with Dungeons and Dragons. The first book, Magician, debuted in 1982. The final book in the saga, Feist's Magician's End, was published in 2013. The Rift War cycle borrows fantasy elements from J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings series, while expanding its setting into sci-fi territory as a multiverse that can be transversed by passing through rifts. Six Studios has reportedly recruited writers Hannah Friedman, who's been working at Willow at Disney+, and worked on Obi-Wan Kenobi, the upcoming series, Jacob Pinion, who worked on Fear of the, Walk- Fear of the Walking Dead, and Nick Bardard. Mick Bernadone, Nick Bernadone, Fear the Walking Dead, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt writer to adapt Feist's work for the small screen. There's no early word on when the Rift War cycle might make its series debut. So any feelings about Rift War? Well, people are hot for sprawling epic fantasy sagas, apparently. Yeah. And if it, you know, sprawls through, like, fantasy to sci-fi that's there's a lot to work with there i i'm just not familiar with the material i read the first book it didn't it didn't light my fire it got kind of special snowflakey and so the chosen one kind of thing yeah the character uh there's a term for that what is that chosen one (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah, anyway. You're talking about like the Messiah character? No. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's a big no, Jeff. Something Sue. Mary Sue? Mary. There it, the character was sort of was sort of Mary Sueish. I won't I won't go full on and yeah. say definitely, but yeah. you read it, didn't you? No, I haven't read any of the you the Feist run. No. Uh, okay. Although there is a difference between a chosen one story and a Mary Sue character. Yeah, you can yeah, you can have yeah, one yeah. without the other. But he was he uh, Barry does make a point because the character is, or at least the character it starts with is a little. Oh, he's he's wow, he's really good at 
whatever he does, you know, and it's it's a little but, shatter star there. But but that doesn't that doesn't bother me too much as much as eh, I just you know. So it didn't it didn't rock my world. My friend was all like, "Dude, it was based on his D and D campaign." I'm gonna get it on and I read it and I was like, "Yeah." Whoever he had a boring DM. So so you know. Eh. All right, let's see how it stacks against American McGee's Alice. After more than two decades, the video game franchise American McGee's Alice is making the jump to the small screen. The video game first hit shelves in 2000 with a mature-rated action-adventure that took Lewis Carroll's classic story of Alice in Wonderland and turned it into a dark, twisted version of the story. It received plenty of acclaim and became a cult hit in the years since. A 2011 sequel, Alice Madness Returns, was also a solid hit that expanded the universe of the first game. Radar Pictures has picked up the TV rights and hired David Hayter, who is a writer for X-Men and Warrior Nun, to put together an adaptation along with Abaddon Entertainment. No network or streaming service has been attached to the project yet. Quote, American McGee's Alice and Alice Madness Returns game series is a groundbreaking reimagining of the classic tale. It takes you into the heart of a corrupted wonderland and throws light in the shadowy corners of a world the world has never seen, Hayter said in a statement. The original story of the game picks up after Alice returns from her storybook adventure to find her parents dead and her home destroyed. After becoming suicidal, she is institutionalized until she eventually returns to a much more twisted version of the Wonderland that has been reinterpreted by her damaged psyche. So what do you think of American McGee's Alice? Absolutely, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. You were physically excited. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I loved these games. I have the figures, actually. I have action figures for the game. I have Alice. I have two different versions of the rabbit. I loved these no, games. It's going to suck when this is the fake one. This is not the fake one. <laughs> if it is, somebody better make it out there because I loved the story. In this if it is, somebody's... You know what we need to start doing is threatening people. <laughs> this is the fake one. I'm going to find you and I'm going to make you pay. Because this actually, I, I, like the, I like the way it sounds myself. I, have I only that. vaguely remember the video games. I don't think I ever played them. So I computer. They were computer games, right? For sure. I just, like I said, I just va- I didn't even know there was a sequel. I just vaguely remember the the, the as- first one coming out. The aesthetic on it was so strong that you didn't have to play the game Mm-mm. to for it to have hit your zeitgeist. Okay, right. it's it was everywhere at the time. Okay. Hot Topic sold the figures. So oh, like, that okay. Yeah, I was, I'm sitting there tr- racking my brain trying to remember some of the theming. But as soon as you said Hot Topic, yeah, I, I remember now. Well, in the Alice the figurine, she's holding a butcher knife. Yes, with blood. Yeah, super emo. Oh, uh, loved. Yeah, like like I said, as soon as you said Hot Topic, I I, I started to remember the emo the was visuals. later. Barry, I don't know. Emo's later. <laughs> yeah, this was lawn. more goth. Yes, yeah. emo was not a thing yet. Somewhere between. You're dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> emo. Get when, off my lawn. When goths discover you don't have emotion. a lawn. Get off the rock. I don't. I it's don't, not don't have a lawn, do I? No. No. Yeah. It's Jeff's. Get off my. Get off my. Kind of homeless right now, aren't I? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't tell us to go anywhere, then, can you? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> he can tell you to go to hell. That's about it. Because <laughs> he can't say get the fuck out. Oh, I wanna. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, Frank got abducted. Netflix is developing Frank got abducted based on the novel by Andrew Heaton. The Witcher executive producer Tomas Baginski has been hired as a showrunner under his Bright Star production banner. 
10 Cloverfield Lane screenwriters Josh Campbell and Matt Struken are writing. Frank doesn't believe in aliens and is scrambling to come up with logical reasons he keeps waking up in different states with his pants on backward. His sister Hillary spots what appears to be a friend from college, but the man insists they have never met before. So do the next two doppelgangers she encounters. One of these strange doubles tries to kidnap Frank. They must piece together how a serial killer, an extraterrestrial romance, and Frank's intergalactic colonoscopies connect to a larger alien plot. And by doing so, discover that aliens are just as bumbling as the human beings they suck up in spaceships. Uh, Frank Got Abducted is expected to debut in early 2023. What do you think of Frank Got Abducted? I would watch that. Yeah. It has promise. It has some promise, yeah, for sure. Maybe. <laughs> Not Deb's cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> it could also be that she's very focused on Alice. On Alice. And yeah. everything Alice. else is oh, just yeah. so, is background now, noise if, at this point. If Alice had abducted Frank, <laughs> I just think she doesn't like things involving butts. <laughs> yeah. Might be. Wait, I got her started watching Letterkenny, and then it came to the fart episode. Oh, the fart. <laughs> He can't get around the it. The whole time he's like, I promise they're not all like I this. promise they're not all like this. Because I know she doesn't like that humor. Just watch it. It's I think we found Deb's kryptonite. <laughs> Butt stuff. <laughs> I don't like butts and I know exactly why. <laughs> and finally, later... Blumhouse Television developing Stephen King's best-selling novel Later into a series starring Lucy Liu. Series creator Riel Tucker wrote the pilot script, published in March of 2021 by Hard Case Crime. Later centers on Tia, a literary agency owner who is raising her son Jamie alone and finds herself on the brink of professional ruin when her star author client dies before turning out the work that will make her agency financially whole. Jamie has the supernatural ability to talk to the dead, all of whom tell him the truth. This is very helpful when he talks to the dead author and feeds the contents of the book to his mother, who writes it herself and publishes under the author's name to great success. But this gift can be used for more nefarious purposes. Tia's police detective girlfriend figures out what the boy can do, and soon the youth gets over his head in the spirit world. Uh, Tucker was an Emmy nominated for her work on HBO's True Blood, and she collaborated with Blumhouse Television on the anthology series Sacred Lies and Sacred Lies Singing Bones. Lou, who starred for seven seasons in the CBS series Elementary, most recently starred in Death to 2021. Oh, the Death to 2021 for <laughs> Netflix. The next stars in the Warner Brothers yeah. DC sequel Shazam, Fury of the Gods. So what oh. do you think of later? I am certain that this will be made, but it's just yeah. not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love Lucy Liu, so yeah, I, I well, like I her mean, having something. It, it doesn't, the actors attached to it are great, yeah, but yeah. there's uh, this week. Um, we actually, I think this is not a bad idea, but it pales next to Alice and Frank. I'm, you know, that's how I'll say it. Yeah, there's some contenders this week. You some weeks we get bad bad groupings. But you can't is, judge something based on who is in it. Yeah, Raul Julia. Was M. Bison, yeah, in Street Fighter. Game Patrick, over. Pat, Patrick Stewart, <laughs> sir. Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. was in the Emoji Movie. Yep. So wow. come on, you can't you can't judge it by who's in it. Well, but that's 
you know, not exactly what I'm saying. Tell that to every Cla- John Claude Van Damme movie ever made. Yeah. yeah. We're also talking movie. Again, TV's Street Fighter. <laughs> TV is a little different because, you know, you're trying to make it a long term, whereas movies are one and done in a lot of cases. So you now. want to pick a lot of actors were for TV tend to try to attach themselves to things that are going to last. Yeah. Didn't Bruce Willis make like 18 movies in 2021? Yes. And all of them yep. bad. Yep. Yeah. He he's, got Razzie, didn't he? Or he got, a he got special... his own, he got his own category in the yeah. Razzies. Yeah. Those. It's amazing how many B movies he's suddenly started to make. It's, it's crazy. Got to pay off the that, money for some reason. That Idaho rancher, that, that Idaho town, that or the A-listers don't want to work with him anymore because he's a dick. Well, no. that might be it too. So there you have it: Rift War, American McGee's Alice, Frank got abducted, and later, where do you put your green light? That do you even need to ask? Rift War, got it. <laughs> yep. Alice. <laughs> oh, sorry, I misread. I rewrote it down, so it's already counted. No. I'm sorry, Rift Alice. War. Rift War Alice. Is what I got for Who the fuck is Alice? <laughs> Oh, I love that song. <laughs> There's a techno song that has, yeah, I actually, sorry. Anyway. Uh, right, Barry, what do you choose? Frank. All right, Jeff, what you got? I'm also going to go with Frank got abducted. It just sounded, it sounded like if, if it's presented in the kind of a comedic style, basically it was what, the way it sounded like it was pitched. It, I think it'll be funny. It'll be kind of resident alien-ish. Oh, okay. I, I actually got to amend mine. You can't. It's in there. No, no, no. She's no, got ripped more. I'm not changing it. Oh, okay, okay. I'm saying I, I want to say why I'm not voting for Alice. Oh, okay. Because all I know about it is the aesthetic. Because you never played it. I never played it. It was a great story. It was a great story. I'm just wondering if they'll be able to capture that look and feel and yeah. bring it to the screen. Because I, it yeah. seems like in the past when they've tried to do something that iconic and and translated on to hmm. a series they fail miserably yeah i mean it's a darker version so yes think more return to oz well i mean i could oh. see them doing it no. sort of like an uh, the wheelers you know, american are not horror in the story. story okay the wheelers are not in the story <laughs> i don't even know what i that could is. see them doing it like on like an american horror story type series and yes. you know doing that kind yes. of that dark look and feel like it just said i you know i don't know the game but now that I remember the imagery, I just feel like they're going to have a hard time bringing that to the screen and doing it justice. But uh, And also, I just think Frank sounds like fun. Well, no one's voted for it yet anyway. I got one for Rift War. I got two for Frank. <laughs> I might just come over there and smack you. Oh, and I'm in between. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. She's smacking someone else. <laughs> Guys, she's what, gonna what, smack you later, though. Um, <laughs> I well, I uh, with all due respect to my colleagues, I think the whole aesthetic argument about Alice is immaterial. Yeah. Uh, it might have been a powerful and impactful aesthetic for you guys, uh, but frankly, I don't know anything about it. I probably, you know, you'd zeitgeist, right? You show me an image, I'd be like, oh, that. But probably, it's it's not there for me. But I find the the whole concept compelling. Riff War, eh, you know, epic fantasy. Here we go again. So and and hey, this has the bonus of being a finished series. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, later, later, actually has some. I think there's stuff to it. Actually, the whole communicating with the author, writing their book. I kind of, I kind of like that. Uh, and Frank definitely, I think, sounds compelling. I mean, you know, all those interstellar 
colonoscopies. <laughs> you know, how can you, right? For those of us who've had them, yes, you can relate. Yeah. So, but. But, but he the, said, he said, but. Yeah. But. I said, but. But, but stuff. I, uh, and I know why, too. Um, Alice, I liked the description. I liked the pitch. I like that sound. I like her coming back and everything's for shit. And then she goes back to Wonderland and it's different. And I just like that whole pitch yep. I think is is cool. And it, it I think it edges over Frank for me. So I'm going with Alice. All yep. right. So we got no votes for later, one vote for Rift War, one <laughs> vote for Alice, and two votes for Frank. <laughs> Oh, wait, it's a pencil. I can erase it. One second. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so that's three votes for Frank. And- <laughs> so, yeah, we got a tie. Alice and Frank. And so when we have a tie, we green light two of them. So they will both advance wait, forward. There it is right there. Alice and Frank. It's a series. Oh, that's right. They combine, Alice them, <laughs> combine, them, combine them together. Alice yeah, abducted Frank. I'm telling you. <laughs> and the way she works those colonoscopies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Well, that, that hurt that, him. That, that, that. Brought up some aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> so which of these do you think are fake, Deb? Frank. Barry. Alice is absolutely fake. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't want it to be fake, but it's got to be. Why? It didn't go into elaborate detail about what network's carrying it, what actors are going to be oh, showing in it. she's deconstructing yep. the pitch. Ah, she's not just going on idea. It didn't go into detail make, about make any notes, of that. Make notes, monkeys. Make notes. That's, that's exactly <laughs> why I think it's fake. That, and I think it, 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 if it was going to be made, it would have been made before now. I don't think oh, so. Oh, what? I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, you we're don't just know. Now, I got a feeling. We're just now, though, Barry, getting into that era where we're starting to get early 2000s nostalgia. Yep. Because we're we've passed the twenty year mark. Yep. Look, clearly, as a high powered movie deciding executive, mm-hmm. as we all are at TV. this table, TV, whatever we're TV, we're it's whatever, TV. We're, we're we're whatever, we're, we're whatever. Hey, you know, Todd, when I say movie, you always correct me. I like how you let Barry slide. Here. Oh, I wasn't listening. He, he doesn't Barry, like Barry. Oh, Barry was talking. <laughs> it was wah, okay. Wah, wah, whatever, wah. Alice is fake. <laughs> Frank, Jeff, what do you think's fake? Probably Frank is fake. Because it sounds like it's one of the more creative ones on the list. <laughs> He's got a point. I, yeah. I mean, it just, it sucks because there are some that have been pitched that are very creative. And no. I would love to see Hollywood. Some, most, most of the fakes. Yes. Yeah. I'm We've a, been like, yeah. this is a good idea. And it's fucking fake. Yep. Yeah. I hate this game. Fuck you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd rather dislike this game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hopes up. It's very disillusioning. I also uh, dislike you. I exist to cause pain. <laughs> You're doing it. <laughs> Kirsten, what do you think? Okay, I don't agree with uh, Deb. I think if, mm-hmm. if it's kind of vague, I think that's actually... Boy, oh boy. This Watch this bite me on the ass. I, I think we're kind of in the real zone. Because a lot of the elaborate ones have actually zinged us. Right, that's what I'm saying. Merrick McGee's had didn't have as much description and detail as the others. Oh, you did say that? Yes. Oh, okay. I, I thought she said it's fake, so it's fake. All oh, right. no, no. Oh, well. Well, in that case, I've got to scratch everything off the list. Um, you see, it's not Alice for me. Frank and Later are really detailed. 
Have we have we gushed about Lucy Liu in the past? I don't because that you've done a little gushing. That that sounds like a bait right there. But I think I'm going with Frank. It could also be Rift Wars. That was my second choice. No, I can't. <laughs> I didn't look at my phone, but no, I can't. Okay. The fake pitch this week was sent to us by Seth Falmouth, and it is Frank got abducted. Yeah. There you go. Good job, Seth. That's a beautiful pitch you sent us. It was. Yeah. Dude, that, it, it's right there. That This was a strong week, because otherwise yes. that's like, oh, you know. And but, it is sad that that's not a... It is, but yeah. Alice Very, is real. Alice is real. Yes. Yay. Very Alice, original. I was very Al- impressed. Alice Riftwar and uh, later are all in development. All right, Alex. I mean that. I like the. I like the way it sounded. I may have seen something in the past, but I seriously, I don't remember a damn thing. Please, about it. I'll tell please, you. Pure, please pure don't like, let it be going to the CW. Oh God, no! They can't. They wouldn't be able to do it right at all. They wouldn't be able to do it. Which is probably, oh. probably why it'll wind up on the CW. That is so awesome, psycho, psycho Alice, the CW series. But, America's McGee's Alice coming soon to Lifetime. <laughs> Oxygen. No, 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 no. The Hallmark else. Channel. <laughs> oh, man. But no, I think one of the reasons why I love the storyline so much, because, you know, it was early 2000s, so I was in my early 20s. She was in her goth phase. That was earlier. And... Um, <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on Disney, right? So my only experience and exposure to the Lewis Carroll story was Disney's version of Alice in Wonderland. Mm. So when I played the game... I was like, oh my God, this is so much more like it's real, but darker real. And it just feels more like connected to, you know, my age and just like what was happening, you know, early 20s, you're doing a lot of, you know, you're an adult, but sometimes you feel like you're not. And in some cases you really aren't because you're still making really stupid choices. And, you know, it just really felt connected. It just, that story, I loved it. It was just really good. And it was told very well. The Jabberwocky, I really remember the Jabberwocky from the first game. Loved how they did him. It was great. So, well, there's I'm also there's also the changing, yeah, dynamic as to what we call dark. Because I mean, you know, Alice for the time, you know, it's a kid's story, but still, there's yeah, the, the original you, Lewis Carroll story. You, you yeah. can look at that and be like, nah, that's some dark ass shit. Yeah, the 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 the, the actual book is the actu- very yeah. Yeah. It's, grim and dark. It, it's and, a yeah. How children's stories of bygone times are just like, you know, going to curl your hair. Well, because oh, yeah. even even the Disney film yeah. like skirts the edge of going yes. towards the the Carol version while still saying somewhat family friendly. Yeah. Did you ever so, read the original stories? Yeah, Deb? I have not actually. Okay, well, you should. I, 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 I know I have the books. I've been given them for. Okay. It's one of those things that's been on my forever to read list, and I've just never gotten to it. I know, I know those lists. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeff can tell you about it because he's read them. So, but <laughs> I've been to the store in Oxford many. Every time I go to visit my sister, because my older sister lives there, I go to the Alice store in Oxford because mm-hmm. he went to Oxford. Lewis Carroll. I only read yeah. the the one book though. I didn't read the through the Looking Glass. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I haven't read them, but I've certainly heard about them. And years ago, I reviewed the uh, Red and Pleasant Land, which was the insane Alice in Wonderland, but they're all vampires. RPG. Uh, I'm sorry? Yeah, RPG, yeah. Well, I mean, like for me, it was because, well, you know, U.S. education system, number one. But number two, I didn't know that the move, the Disney movie 
was based on a book until I got into high school. Oh, right. And, you know, you have your English teacher talking about some of the classics and mention that. And you're like, wait, Alice in Wonderland? What? They made a classic out of a Alice Disney through, yeah, movie? <laughs> Alice Through the Looking Glass. So that yeah. was one of the books I ended up Foreign listeners, you have to understand the American education system is... <laughs> Garbage. Uh, yeah. uh, don't worry. Public Barry. education. System. I think yeah. they understand. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't think. I don't think they're confused. <laughs> and, but on the other hand, us expressing a little bit of embarrassment is is a, a good thing. You know, yes. We don't want to be. We recognize necessarily proud of it. Yeah. Um, so. But I think we should be proud that we all turned out well. Right. Well, to what's some your of definition? Of well, okay. Well. Yeah. And, Intelligent compared, you know, based I, on some of the education we received. I will say four became... out of five of us turned out well. Yes. Okay. I We're just going to leave it there, aren't we? <laughs> I learned. <laughs> just going to let that fly. <laughs> I actually went to a private school, so overseas. So well, I, I will was say, saved. I will say I learned a lot more in in four years of college than I did in 12 years of, yeah, really. well, technically 13 because kindergarten. And I right. learned more four minutes behind the bleachers than I ever did in 12th grade. <laughs> and even, you know, and even in some specialized things, right? I took AP U.S. history and, uh, man, you know, when you look back, just hearing what in discussions today about reconstruction and, and post Civil War and the Freedmen and all that, it's like, man, I, man, we glossed over that yeah, shit. Very you, revisionist. You, you, Reconstruction was just like, oh yeah, the paragraph, the, the, the new, the the North just you know uh, uh, oppressed the South with military dictatorship until Benjamin Harrison very wisely, and then you find out all the nuances about that, and you find out all the hideous stuff that went on. Um, before the Klan, because the Klan basically came out as a result of the federal troops being pulled. So what was underground became more bold and in your face. And those federal troops, who, by the way, apparently, I didn't even know this, a lot of them were black, uh, were protecting politicians and people. And when they were pulled, it just, it, it a shit show got even shittier. I mean, it, yeah. And you, you don't even hear all of that. It's just like, well, things were going along. Okay. And then Jim Crow. What the hell happened? <laughs> Golly gee. And you find out all the machinations behind it, and it's terrible. Well, don't worry. With all the new bills being passed now, we still won't learn about oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, and, and like, or hey, masks. Grant, right? Really nasty. Uh, Native Americans, mm-hmm. not going to have a lot of nice things to say about Grant because his uh, Native American policies were... But that guy actually busted his balls when he was sober enough to help black people in the South. And I've seen plenty of people when there's discussions of Reconstruction, plenty of black people stepping up and saying that Grant actually, you know, kind of was like Lincoln level in terms of trying to help black people uh, during that time. But once they did the, the compromise and got in Harrison and pulled out the troops... Boom. Yeah. So was I the only one here who actually was in like elementary school in the West? I think so. I believe so. Yeah. 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 yeah so that would sound right. I must have been very lucky with the teachers I got because I got some really good education growing up. Um, you know, California history is wrought with Native American, you know. Atrocities. Some, yes. Oppression, atrocities, all of that. Um, 
you know, when it was owned by the Spain and they built all the missions and just the oppression by the church. And they, I mean, but I got, I learned all of that in elementary school. Wow. They didn't shade it. They taught it to us. And we went to a couple of missions, like went there and learned the story. That's fantastic. I had yeah. to learn about Native American atrocities in the Midwest. Firsthand. From friends of mine who were Native American because mm-hmm. they weren't teaching it in the school, especially like they, you know, the city I, I did most of my primary education in Wichita, Kansas, was named after the Wichita tribe. But you don't learn anything about the Wichita tribe at all. I had to learn about that outside of uh, my experience my in New system. York was like that. New York State uh, history classes. Actually, very proud of the Iroquois uh, legacy in New York State. But yeah, you don't. You, you had good teachers, Deb, because yeah, we, we did not hear a lot. We didn't hear the bad stuff. In Jersey, we learned that history started in 1776 when George Washington formed the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. St. Washington, yep. St. Washington. Speaking of saints, I want to thank our new Kofi members, Minty Scoop, David Hydebreyer, and of course, want to thank our Tier 4 members, King Vault, Deb T, David Farrar, and Tier 5 members, Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martrin, and Glumly. And of course, a very special thank you to also, once again, King Vault for giving us another one off this week. And thank you to all of you Kofi members that help us keep the lights on. Yeah, yeah, yeah King Vault, you're doing a great thing there. And now yeah. we're not going to get anything. You, you all bought Todd a new computer so he can keep editing the show. Yes. yes. This other one literally shit the bed. <laughs> yes, it is. I will be transferring everything to the new one this week. Hopefully. It's, yeah, it's, it should go well. It should go well. Wow. It it's all depends on whether the old computer doesn't give up the ghost while he's doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, Why uh, are you replacing me? Yeah, really. There, there, there is always the spite factor. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, this will be the last show edited on the old computer, and next week, the new one. And you won't be able to tell the difference because. But it'll be way easier for Todd. So. Yes, it will be so yes. much easier for me and fucking faster. With, right. With a lot less crashes. Hopefully, and no less crashes. Cussing and screaming and kicking things. There is a, that uh, happening a yes. lot. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Larg. And Deb. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. Technically, I'm Varg the entire week, not just until next week. It's. I just like how you drop the doctor moniker, and yeah, it's like you matter. Get, it's like gave up your your fictional medical degree, or, uh, or sorry, never, your professor, meta, agree, yeah, your, your, was, your your PhD. Varg the the Ferengi character yeah. was was never a medical. He wasn't interested in helping no. anyone. Well, but he was making uh, money. Phys- yeah. Physicist, right? I yeah, because warp, I could warp physics. Because I he was, was the warped. Guy that, <laughs> I was the guy that they sent people to when they wanted to talk like science, and yeah. it was a lot of fun. I just but like you how you gave up your fictional PhD. Yeah. How 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 Barry said, I'm actually Vlarg at all the time. You know, it wasn't like we are ourselves. It was Barry. all Barry. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're the commander of Jack and shit. Oh well. And okay. Jack just left town. Yes. Uh, you see, this is why I don't <laughs> like him, Kay. <laughs> I, I don't know if Jack left town. It, 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 you know, if there's well, Jack Reacher did. Jack, Jack and he left town. Yeah, yeah, you like Jack Reacher. I'm sitting next to Jack Reacher around. So. <laughs> <laughs>